must know where, where, where most of your clients' touch points are. Is it mostly through LinkedIn or through your website or through LinkedIn. your Instagram? LinkedIn, and then when they want to gather some data, so the fact that he's seeing LinkedIn and directly doing an action, hmm. LinkedIn, but he always does the research. So put on website, clients, and then he does the action. Interesting. And do you use then LinkedIn sales portal to then look at decision makers from LinkedIn and contact yes. them that, that yeah, way? Yeah, but they do. Uh, SMEs, they yeah, 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 a lot of them don't reply. Exactly. You know, on a bigger scale. I never message them. Mm. Messaging on LinkedIn, I never do it. It's subjective. And I'm not happy, but we target them. We have leads and so on. Akash yeah. or Dan, can you look up on Google Business, Bahrain Business Registry? There's a specific website. Commercial registration service, that might, might, that might be the portal. It's, it's, I don't remember which one it is. I'll have to share it with you later. No, it's not this one. Scroll down maybe. So it's, 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 so it's uh, I don't, f I forgot what the website is called. But basically, uh, you, you can find the directory of any business here in Bahrain, mm -hmm. and most SMEs are pretty small and founded from a very small scope. So oh, yeah, most yeah, of the yeah. owners' uh, personal numbers are registered on that site. Especially if you're a perfectionist, right? So I've spent almost two years and a half. Everyone was saying, Aileen, why don't you start your own business? And I was saying, no, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Everyone saw it before me. I was waiting for everything to be perfect. Nothing is perfect. Now nothing is perfect, but you just have to start. You just have to shift the mindset from being the employee to the employer. Action is always better than motion. Exactly. And emotional intelligence is something that me personally, I need to always, always work on. Because if you don't reach a certain level of emotional intelligence, you're not the decision maker. Your emotions become the decisions for you. Okay. So say, for example, even though you this have... This sounds like some ESG bullshit. Okay, no, let's hear not it. not really. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I always tend to value the relationship over money. What does that mean? So even if, for example, one of the clients say they're so good, right? I like dealing with them and so on. But their scope of work is very small, right? They're not paying a lot and so on. I, s I always tend to give them more than whoever is very straight in business, have a clear scope of work, right? This is not professional. So this is not emotional intelligence. And this is why I keep working on that. Fear comes from the lack of emotional intelligence, right? So you're still valuing that fear emotion over the mind, over the business. So I'm going, I'm going to do that. This is why I never targeted the big ones at the beginning. Okay. You get what I mean? I, I, I Sort of, but not really. I'm, I'm trying to understand, put myself in, in your shoes. Because in, in, when I was in business, business school, the, the, the professor drilled in our heads, the worst they can say is no. The worst they can say is exactly. no. The worst they can say is no. So when wh whatever came up, like, oh, should I apply? Should I do this? Should I do this? It was every day. Worst they can say is no. And, and so I never really felt like you felt in a sense of because like... Because you come from a different background. Sure, sure. Being graduated from a French background, <coughs> don't forget, I come from a French background. French background is the worst. They don't give you any skills. They don't give you any practical skills, right? So we grow up, you need to be the best. You need to be this. You need to be this. Rejection is out of scope. It's very common in French schools. 
very mm. common. So I really struggled whenever I went out and it became practical. I didn't have any of the skills I needed mm. because schools give you the skills, right? Mm. University tops it off and then it gives you the knowledge and then you're ready to go. I remember in my first job, I knew nothing, even though I graduated the first from my university in my field. Mm. What a humble brag. <laughs> exactly. What a, what a nice way nothing. just to slide that in. <laughs> I knew nothing. I knew nothing at all. But I didn't know that I knew nothing. I remember my first interview, it was at the bank. Okay. I went and it was, I don't remember, but it was like a senior position and he was interviewing me. It was in the HR. Mm -hmm. And I like, I'm going... They're going to fight for me. They're going to fight for me. I graduated the first from my American university. They want me, you know, I'm the first, I'm the first. I went there and he started asking me. And one of the questions was, where do you see yourself? And I was so arrogant at that time that he looked at me and was like, Alina, would you like to sit at my place? <laughs> and I was like barely 20, 21 at that time. And when I started my first job is when I posed I was like, oh my God, I know nothing. I am nothing. Whatever you took is not practical at all. And molding whatever you know into the practical life of working takes a lot of time if you're not equipped with the right mindset and attitude. When people told you the worst thing that can happen is, say, is people tell you no. I was, I was growing up, people telling me, you have to do it perfectly. So okay. imagine the difference. This is why... You're scared of rejection. You always have the fear of failure. Um, you're always overthinking what might happen rather than deciding and doing the action. Mm -hmm. So shifting, like we're talking more than 17 years, people telling you that. And then you, you went to another country and you see that this doesn't work at all. Shifting is not overnight, right? So you start gaining those, those skills. You start overcoming whatever your mind tells you. This is why you start, you try overcoming fear. But to be honest, it takes a lot of time for you to make it um, like effortlessly. So right? what you're saying is that the reason you've been in Bahrain for 12 years is because you have a fear of, of heading out and venturing. Not anymore. I don't think anymore. The first like, not adventuring. I mean, we head out. I live here because yes, it's a comfort zone. Maybe they say success doesn't come from the, fa uh, from the comfort zone. You have to be... Uh, comfortable being uncomfortable right mm. maybe maybe that part of staying here but I learned how to expand so now we work with people in Saudi with UAE I spent more most of my times there as well maybe it comes from that background okay let's roll a little back you were born in Lebanon yes and you stayed in Lebanon until I stayed in Lebanon until I was 21 and graduated and okay. then I I worked for like the last year of uni I had my job there and I then shifted to Bahrain. So I came here, I was 21 years old. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. And the first job I had here wasn't in marketing, it was in sales. And so why in all, why of all things did you come to, to Bahrain when you were 21? I mean, sure that position may come across to you on the table, mm -hmm. but I'm sure other positions exactly, also came. Exactly, yes. In Lebanon, what's the number one thing that we export? We export one thing, we have nothing, right? We export HR. So you're brought up to the stage like you're thinking. Not beauty surgery? Um, that's later, not when I was 21. Okay. <laughs> now we have loans for cosme cosmetic surgery. Can, can you type in what, what the exports now? What's the number one export? In, I'm actually interested, what is it today? Today, I'm not sure. 
maybe Sergio, but no, they're going to Turkey, uh, not Lebanon anymore. Gold? No, 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 no. What? Not anymore. Not anymore. We don't even. Lebanon's have... top ex exports 2021. Click on the link. Let's see what what. You need to check before 2019. Uh, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about like today. Gems? No. Gems? No way. Fruits? No way. Furniture, bedding, lights, vehicles? No way. Lebanon's top 10 exports account for just two thirds of the for. for for just over two thirds, that's okay. Uh, it's overall value of global shipment. We don't even have enough in Lebanon to export that. <laughs> no. Can you can you do a little bit more research on this, Dan? I'm really interested in in, in this. Like, can you? Who is this website by? WorldExport.com. I don't. <laughs> it doesn't look very. <laughs> Um, oh, that's .gov. That's the government. Lebanon exports. That's the government website. Let's see what they say. Oh, right. That's yeah. That, that makes <laughs> Not sense. Not a good start. That makes sense. Um, is there any wits? World Bank. World Bank is a good resource. Includes World Bank right there. Lebanon trade statistics. Let's see what what World Bank says. It's loading. Gems and gold, that's interesting. Okay, that's just the growth. Oh boy, it's been in disaster since 2018. Yeah. Well, 19 they had a shoot up though. So what's the situation like in Lebanon? You still have family there? I have my parents there, yeah. It's not the best. You don't want to move them out? Or they don't want to move? They don't want to move. They yeah. don't want to. Land is very important for parents, right? So we find that like the beauty in life is to start new, right? We we have this, but parents and older generation will never leave their houses and land. I guess the top ten exports is still gold, according to O O E C dot world. I don't know. That could be a reputable website. That could be a terrible website. I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't I mean, would you be surprised that if, 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 if you found out that like some private family or whatever owned a large mine? Not anymore. Right. I yeah. mean, does it does that sound so strange from you as anymore. like a no, not anymore, because now in Lebanon, we're seeing something we've never seen. There's a lot of difference between the higher level of people and the poor level of people. We always had like the middle level, right? Lebanon was known with that. But now you go. And you know it through the cars, through the people, where they hang out and so on, there's a huge difference. So if a family owns that now, I wouldn't be surprised. Danny, can you type in Gino coefficient? Gino coefficient? Gino, like genie, and then coefficient. And then type Lebanon. Sorry, it's genie coefficient. It's the difference between the, the poor and the rich yes. as an indicator. We're ranked 129. In the world, that's not too bad. But the it's Gini different. The Gini index and that uh, poverty ratio, uh, blah, 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 the population. Yeah, that's the, that. can you open that link, the Gini index? But if it's 2017, now it's way larger. I mean, wow. I don't think a lot of good data has come out of Lebanon for mm, the last exactly, couple of years. Yeah. So you got to work with what you got, mm -hmm. right?
We don't usually go this financial, by the way. This is one of the few <laughs> times that we are actually in this. Because you're curious about it. <laughs> I am very curious about Lebanon. My dad owns the place there, property-wise. Which area? Uh, Ain. Near, it's called uh, Ain al-Hamala or Ain something. We have a lot of Ain. There's no Ain here. I'm not Ayn. sure. Is it in the north and the south? And it's in the ca it's in Lebanon, the capital. Beirut. Beirut. Okay. And in Beirut, it's near where all the embassies are. Ain al-Mraisi. That's the one. Mm. Yeah, he said when the explosion happened, the windows were all smashed in. So he was lucky with just the no windows. No one was there, right? No, no, no. Okay. no. Okay. So it was very fortunate. Yeah. My parents live in Ashrafiya. It was very, Ashrafiya is like very close, so it wasn't that great. But in Hamad, in 2011, and at my days, it was a bit different. So you grow up on the fact like you need to graduate and you need to be elsewhere because you will not get the opportunities you get in Lebanon. So you grow up to this idea the whole time. And from 2011, I guess we have more than 40 million Lebanese abroad. So we were never strangers to the fact that Lebanese diaspora exists and it's being successful outside. Uh, they're having opportunities outside. So if it's coming for them, I, w I need to work toward that. I was not ready at all because you're focusing on what you want. You want to be abroad, but being abroad, starting from scratch, being alone and all of that at the age of 21 is very early, very early. Okay. So again, I was working with Alliance. I was selling investment and life insurance. Okay, so you started in sales. Yes. Uh, so being 21, meeting 50-year-old people, sending them life insurance, uh, they're wishing they never see you again, but they need you and so on. It was very hard. So it was very hard education for me about the market because I didn't know how to deal with people. I didn't know how to communicate. You know, com communication wasn't a natural exercise for me. Um, you're prepared, you go there. It was too early, but at least it gives you the learning of knowing the market in Bahrain, knowing the behavior of the people, how they think and so on. And then you scale it from there. So it was a very good experience. But what got me is just the state of mind that I wanted to find my opportunity out of Lebanon. But it's not something that with time, you don't regret it, but you would look back and pause. Habib, when, when, when I left Saudi, mm -hmm. my thinking wasn't, Ya Allah. خليني أروح البحرين خليني أروح جي سي سي خليني أروح المدلية لا كنت وين كنت أبغى أروح أمريكا كنت أبغى أروح أوروبا مية مية you will not be able to convince me that when you were in Lebanon that you didn't dream of France Europe my brother was in France for us it was the جي سي سي no I totally disagree with you لا ما Lebanese no we can cut this all out if you want but I I'm telling you this is crazy to me for Lebanese, it's always the GCC. Le we go to France for education and okay. we try to find work. But it was so harder for a Lebanese to go and start making money in Europe. It's always the GCC. Always. My brother went to Dubai in 2002. He started from there. Then he moved to France. It's always the GCC. Yeah, because it's an easier pathway for most people. Easier path. The opportunity comes easier and you make more money and the lifestyle would be better. I'm saying 
what we have in mind in Lebanon before you leave Lebanon. Okay, because we're, we're I mean, this is this is a very interesting discussion to get into because Bahrain has only been independent since 1971 when it was uh, uh, when it was when it left British colonization. Uh, um, um, uh, Theodore Roosevelt only came to Saudi 1947. So it's it's not like we're talking about a history that is very rich <laughs> of of resources as money. I mean, Saudia it wasn't even Saudia uh, with with wealth aspect until 1947 with with uh, with Malik Faisal. It depends on what you were looking for. If you're looking for a lifestyle and a change of life, because being in Saudi, you're not looking about financial freedom as much as you are in Lebanon and looking about looking toward financial freedom. So it depends on what you're looking for. For Lebanese, mm. it's too hard for you finding the proper job in Europe. I told you the behavior is always you go there, mm -hmm. you get the education, and then if you're lucky, you stay or you move to the GCC to start making money. That's okay. why you have a lot of Lebanese in the GCC. You have a lot of fresh graduates in Europe and in France. Yeah. So this is why I'm telling you from Lebanon side. Mm -hmm. From Saudi side, it's not the financial freedom and the opportunities and so on, right? If you get the right education or whatever, you have the market for it in Saudi. You just need to change that. You need a, a different lifestyle. It depends on you. It depends on the people there. But living in Saudi is different than coming from Lebanon. I, I hear where you're coming from, but I mean, we can reiterate this again. Uh, Saudi's average income is around 10,000 real. It's about 2,000 BD. That's uh, a, a, that, that's a little over minimum wage in 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 the UK, right? In the UK, the average salary is around 50,000, uh, 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 50, uh, pounds. That is converted what, 20-something thousand uh, BD. What about the opportunities? In the UK? In, this, in Saudi. Hard to say, hard to say. I, I, don't, I don't know if, if how you would quantify opportunities because I feel like in the US, you'd have a lot more opportunities if you're in certain sectors, if that makes sense. Like if you're a programmer, for example, a content creator in, in, the, U in the US, you have enormous amount of, of, of potential where you don't really have that here in Bahrain or in the GCC. Do okay. you not feel what, do you know where I'm coming from? I understand totally what you're saying. In Lebanon, uh -huh. we don't even have a good password, passport that gets you the visa. Mm. Okay, so getting the visa is very hard. Mm. What's next? We don't even have the opportunity. So people do not even look at what salary I'm gonna get. People just need the opportunity as close as it can get to their major. Because people can graduate in a pharmacy and work as a cashier in a pharmacy, mm. okay? So they're just trying to get the opportunity. Definitely the ultimate scenario, everyone wants to be in the States, right? It's huge, you can grow this and that, but you know you can't even get the visa. So you're not, I'm not saying you're not allowed to dream, it remains a dream. Mm. While in the GCC, at that area, at that era, People, Lebanese people can apply and you can get the opportunity. Okay. Now you've came you came to, to Bahrain, you worked in sales, you didn't like it. No, I liked it. It you was perfect for that time. It okay. was perfect for that time. But I wanted after it to get into marketing. That's my major. I love marketing. Sales is not marketing. Okay. 
it's totally different. Okay. And then I started scaling. I started another job in a very big school here in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. I was the marketing. I was handling the marketing, and then I became the marketing manager in it. And I stayed a few years there. And then the ultimate dream for a marketeer is the agency life, right? Mm-hmm. And then I moved to an agency. We handled clients such as Bateco for a few years, and we started growing. And then after it. I worked with another company as a deputy marketing manager, and this is when, after it, I started Willow. Okay, and now Willow has been up and functioning and running for the past? For the past year and a half, almost. Okay, so it's still fairly young. Yes. And how did you find your nine staffs? Um, All of them were in Bahrain. We never recruited from abroad, uh, from LinkedIn, as simple as that. We posted job offers, mm-hmm. and we worked also with a recruitment company that got us few talents that we were not able to uh, locate them through LinkedIn. And we met a lot of good, good people, but we came across our nine staff that are currently working with us. Okay, and w- what kind of positionings were you trying to fill? Uh, we wanted to go niche. So as an agency, usually the number one mistake that you do is you hire one person and they do several things, right? Mm-hmm. Long term wise, you will lose your value as an agency. So the positions we were trying to fill first, the creative seniors, so the cre- uh, creative graphic designer, creative copywriters, digital marketeer, the senior digital marketeer, this is the uh, the biggest ones. Mm-hmm. And then we started hiring the executives from account management, from copywriters, from junior designers, from animators, from web developers, and so on. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really fascinated by your business. We spoke a little bit about this more off-cam. I'm really trying to grasp how you sell your strategic model onto the customer because you have to sit with them for a little bit. You know, You have to work out what yes. they're missing, what you can offer, and then how do you secure that you also that they don't just run away with the plan and hire someone else to implement it. Uh, it could be this at the beginning. It was very challenging because I had the tendency, you know, being an employee, you're used to giving everything, right? You're a full timer. You give everything you want. So shifting from that and started to think, what am I giving to my prospect? Am I giving him something that he can take and go somewhere else? Or am I giving my prospect something that he wants me again? Definitely, I've made my share of mistakes at the beginning. Yes, some of them took whatever I said and implemented it even internally. But after three months, we received a few calls for the execution because it's all in the details, right? So I can tell you a very big strategy now that works for you. But when it comes to the execution, no one would execute better than a person who thought of the strategy, who knows what works and what not. What not. Okay, but how many meetings down the line to the strategy happen? So I invite you for coffee, whatever. At even a, at before, even before. Knowing you, I need to do my own research. So I go there not just depending on what the prospect would tell me. Because at times, the prospect lives in a different world. Whatever he's saying, it's not true. It's what he wants to believe as a business owner. So I want to reach there, and this is what I want. This is what we're currently doing. At times, he believes in it so much that challenging him is a whole another process. So we need to go knowing a bit at least about his online presence, what he does, how he's communicating it. Most of them tend to, they're interested in sounding smart rather than understood. So that's why even their prospect doesn't even understand what they offer, what they offer them as a business owner, I'm talking. Okay, so you're saying which is more important than profits? No, this is not what I'm saying. I'm saying your client 
they need you to be, they need to understand you. They don't care for you if you're smart or not. It's good for you. So most of the comment, okay. yeah. Most I thought you meant that they don't care if the profit business is very profitable. No. It's more important that they have. No, definitely not. No, no. What I really? Was, yeah. What I was talking about, I was okay. talking about no, the, the, common, the common mistakes that business owners have. So I know my business. I have a very good website. You open the website, you don't even understand what he's offering because everything he wants mm-hmm. is to look smart and to look, higher and so on so people even do not understand we do our own research what he does how he's communicating and we highlight the pain points we never communicated with him because whatever you see online is never enough right you need to go and hear from him as well because you might um, misjudge whatever you're reading you don't know yet so we go doing our own research about his online presence his his uh, his business the history who he deals with as well just to know the you know, the prospects, what, what kind of things he's, he's currently doing. We go and we sit with him. We never sit with him. If you want to sell a strategy or you're giving a strategic marketing service, you would never start talking about you. He needs to start talking. So what are you currently doing? What, do you, wh- what are your business objectives? What are you achieving now with what you're doing? And he will start talking. Why? If he doesn't say that, whatever you got from your research might be wrong. If you start telling him, you're not doing this, you're doing this, he will oppose you because he will start bringing new insights. So after hearing them, most of the time we say nothing. Most of the time we schedule another meeting. And it's the second meeting where you have your comeback. Why? Because it's based on everything you've seen and everything he said. So you have more uh, weight to actually put... Leverage. To leverage on, exactly. Then after it, it still depends on him and the online presence. The strategy can never be built. I even meet everyone, even from the whole journey of the client. So if it was a B2C, we even meet the people from the reception and mm-hmm. so on, because everyone would give you the insight. And the weak points would start just coming at you without any effort. Okay. And then you meet with the decision maker and then you say, listen, these are the pillars. So we speak strategy in terms of pillars. I cannot give a strategy and he takes it, right? I still have to get paid for that. Uh, um, but you're already three meetings in at this point, or two yes. and a half, whatever, yes. and you haven't gotten a paycheck or you secured a contract no. at this point. Yes. <sighs> yes. Not to mention <sighs> the research you do. Yes, it's a lot of work, but it's very rewarding. Okay. I mean, yes. I, far is it for me to tell you how to run your business? I can tell you experience of how, how my brother manages it. He, he doesn't go into a meeting until a paycheck has been signed. So he doesn't sit, he doesn't talk to you about whatever. He doesn't show up into your meeting. And, and his hourly rate, I think now, just to have a talk is about 300 BD. After 20 years, right? He's I, he, no, he's, he, he did years. that from almost day one. Okay, it's but, in Germany. Well, this is, okay. the year, this is what I told you, that you have to change your licensing from, a, from Bahrain into a US and you have to make sure. So people, I, I, you can agree with you, you can disagree with me, that's fine. But people ascertain value on price. If they're if if you're offering a service for a thousand BD and offering a service for ten thousand BD, automatically the end consumer will see the ten thousand BD one and say, well, it has to be more expensive because X, Y, and Z. Without without even saying anything else, they immediately know that that must be better, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you when you set that meeting and say, hey, you know what, our our, our fee is about five hundred before we can even explore and stuff like that you're going to get rid of about 90 to 85%, maybe even 95% of, of waste, time wasters, who maybe 
could sit with you for a second, who maybe you could sell with, but it's gonna take a lot of effort. Or you can refocus your energy and just take, hey, from, from the 95, we've got these 5% who I know are dead set to take this meeting, are dead set to work with us. By the way, when, when my brother sits and has this meeting, any ideas that come through this meeting, contract has been signed that when they implement it, they either have to use him and his company to implement it, or they have to pay him a fee to let a second or third operator go and take it. So that nothing is happening for Belash. Nothing is happening. Hey, yalla, this, blah, blah, blah. This is, no. Do you think it works here? I think it can work here, but not in Bahrain. It would work in Dubai and it would work with Saudiya. And it has to be an American listed company. No, we provide consultation to Abu Dhabi. We have clients for consultation. I even fly there and mm. do the consultation. They're not, I'm not doing the execution. Here, it doesn't. Ella, it's all about knowing who you're approaching. Mm. The waste of time you know, we faced it for But still, we were able to recover in terms of good clients and so on. If I'm targeting Bushra, let's say five clients, we're closing three out of five. Mm. It's not like and every day I'm going and our team from one place to another. We no longer do that. But if you take five and you close three, even if you close five, how much time you have to spend in order to close them, right? This is this is time wasting in itself. It is time, but it doesn't work. To see you mean Intel. Bahrain is different. Bahrain is different. In Abu Dhabi we're doing it. مستحيل or يمكن مع العالم يعني اللي we are approaching طيب ليش عندك الاشغالك هنا روح ابو ظبي روح سعوديه I am I am but we're more يعني انتبه we have priorities right if you have no priorities you'll end up everywhere Abu Dhabi we didn't even work for it through word of mouth we send out clients from Abu Dhabi and then from one client to the other then we have the quit and so on يعني ما عملنا effort عليها كنا نحن اكثر منركزين around here لانه إذا أنت ستارت أب هون بدك تبلش هون and then شوي شوي تكبر أنا ما كنت أعمل ستارت أب هون ودغري نوت على أبو ظبي ما كان أصلا عندي الماركت ريسيرش ما بعرف شيء هونيك شو عم بيصير دغري تروح تستلم أنت ما بتعرف مين يور كومبيتيشن رايت إت هابند وصارت بس هل يعني هيدا الموديل اللي ورك ذير ود ورك هير From my experience here, إلى سنة ونص ما كتير, it doesn't work with the minds here. ما ما أقولك خطأ ما أقولك خطأ بس وش أنا قاعد أحاول أقول مثلاً okay we can we can look at these two guys for examples it, it, for them to what what was your usual rate then to run an ad? Yeah, hundred BD. Absolute Vodka contacted uh, me and they were offering five thousand BD for ten seconds ad. So, I mean, why waste your time? Why, why yani, stick around? Why yani, try to deal in the dirt? And, and, and no offense to Dan, but I mean, he's got good skills. And I think he's valued more than 100 BD, but more, he's worth more than 100 BD to, to, to shoot an ad. Yeah, this is why I'm going to Saudi. I mean, I'm not going to go to Saudi. But you came out 12 years ago in Bahrain. I'm going to go to Saudi. No, no, no. I'm going to go to Saudi. No, exactly. Now you're amazing and you got the perfect call and you got the perfect opportunity, you won't be able to do it. <sighs> you're right when you're right. 
I'm not saying for being right. I'm no, saying I'm saying you are. I'm not, no, I mean, <laughs> I'm, Mike, saying I'm not saying it in a negative way. I'm saying it, yes, you're right. You're right. It sucks, but it is that way. Sure. Everyone was telling me the same thing from 2018. Okay. I kept saying, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. It has to be perfect. What is ready? No one knew. I didn't know. I never said what's ready. Habibti, what then, year are we in? Then. What year are we in? 2022. Okay. Then. <laughs> Even ever. You know what changed? Of course. Okay. Let's hear it. You know what changed? And I'm talking about me. I'm not talking what has to be done or what's best to be done. I'm talking about the journey that made this delay or whatever you're saying. From 2018, people are saying, start it, do it, do it, whatever this it is, okay? I never had this mindset. I always like think, okay, I'm an employee, end of the month, you get your salary, you travel, you live, blah, 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 the cliche life, right? Because also I wasn't perfect. I never thought like, what am I offering? What am I doing? I'm perfect at my job. Take me out of my job. Maybe I cannot offer anything. Okay. The state of mind. And then the last job I had, it was the turning point because it wasn't a good environment at all. Uh, I saw how my seniors knew less, didn't know how to work, and still they're making it work. Mm. It was the first time for me to be in such an environment. And I paused and looked around like, if this is working, I can even do way better. Mm -hmm. And then I resigned within a week <laughs> and, and <did laughs> from saying that. And then I started really. Did you? What was what was your main conflict? We can cut this part out. I don't care. Was your was your conflict more with your direct supervisor? Because Ma that's ninety percent. Yeah, mesh conflict. I wouldn't call it conflict. I would call it in the whole department I'm in how it functions. And then I entered. I come from an agency background, so I was at the client side. Not it wasn't an agency. Back inside. But yeah, exactly. So I paused. And I was like, this is how people work, and this is still it's successful in terms of results so you don't have to be perfect in everything to be successful so this is why i said like if i do what i know which was which i believed in myself at that time like after seeing the chaotic department i was in no i can do it again we can cut this parts out i don't care i'm just really interested we had a few people on who our entrepreneurs who said roughly the same thing, not exactly the same, mm. who said, you know what, the f it was always the final push that I needed that kicked me out. Yeah. And it was always from my last employment. Mm. And I'm, I'm fascinated. I had, we had, Jamie, was her name? Gemma. Gemma, she was saying to me, like, her direct supervisor was a woman and she just treated her like total trash and made her cry almost every night and all this kind of stuff. And that's what yeah, it's I mean. a bit similar, but my personality is a bit different. So okay. I observe, I tend to observe. So yes, um, I was trying to be cut out. I was trying to be in the shadow, uh, you know, like put Alina aside and yet Alina is doing everything. It's, you know, it's a character. Okay, I cannot blame my superior for doing that. It's, just, it's her character. Everyone is scared when it comes to a certain position. I never entered that position threatening anyone. Okay. So. I so it's very similar to, to Jamie's story. Maybe, I do not know, but cut, cut this section out, please. <laughs> I was never, I was observing. And it's not like I went home and cried. She did everything that you can imagine. But I was observing. I was even observing what I didn't want to be. 
you know you get what i mean so yeah. i was making sure like whatever the employees are being treated because i come from a very pampering environment agency and then i see the client side the way i saw everything like how she not only treats me how she treats the juniors because that tells a lot about the manager you know how it's her way or no way no diversity there's there was nothing it was totally unhealthy so i paused and i said no this is what I want. What, what do you mean there was no diversity? You mean there was no genders, no race? What are you talking about? Yeah, and there was a full discrimination. Yeah, if an Arab, hey. people were treated better than non-Arabs. But this is everywhere in No, no, it was, it was, a, I've, I've seen a lot for 12 years, Kamal. It was different in that department, like totally different. You know, when you work all the time, you don't have time to think how to make money. Hey. When it comes to work, I'm like, ma, ولا مرة كان عنده هيدا nine to five because I didn't want it. مش لأنه هي. فهم عليك بس حبيبتي. We have to also be honest here with each other. You, when you, when you work for yourself, you work hundred hour job, so you don't have to work forty. This there's there's truth. And and you can say, oh, I I earn maybe two or three or five or ten times as much. If you're working forty hours. I didn't have time to think I want to be an entrepreneur. Even when I was working the 40. If you're working for yourself, you work 100 hours, often to make the same amount of money as what you did when you're 40, especially the first two years, three years. Sometimes you're lucky and, and you branch out and alhamdulillah and it comes easy. But for most cases, it takes three years until you're, you, you make your money back. And then, then you're looking at hayatik because most people are never going to be billionaires. Most people, if they own businesses, they'll be lucky to be millionaires. Right. Lucky. And, and, and you have to then ask yourself, hey, you know what? I'm working, you know, 80 hours, 100 hours. My wife or kids or family or friends. I'm just all the time working, working, working. I'm making good money, alhamdulillah. But yani, is, it, is the amount of time that I'm spending between those two occupations makes sense? Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs who said, يعني, I made my money and خلاص, I, I sold my business, whatever, whatever, and I work a nine-to-five job. ليش? Because it gives me purpose, hayati. I have a reason to get up. I don't need the money, but I do it because I have reason. And the rest of the time, I get to spend with a wife and the kids. It, it, yeah, it's it not easy. It's not easy, but... How I think of that. And I don't want to be 45 and still working 18 hours a day. I know that, right? And if I started a job, I know like if it grow, this is what happens. So from the beginning, I had, the vi- I had a different vision. It's not about me. Yes, we started it. We created it. We're the asset maybe for now because you're very much linked to Willow, linked to the agency as a person. But this is why we invest in our people. So our team, if you sit with any of our team and you talk to them, they will talk to you as Willow is their company. We didn't, we didn't hire people just for the sake of ticking the boxes. Why? Because I know there will come a certain time Aline or, the, or anyone else can fade and the work can keep going. Most agencies here, they're created on one person. It's like a personal brand thing. Mm-hmm. You can start it. But at least for me, I always <coughs> want to ensure I have the vision to invest in the people so as the work would keep going and I would be maybe doing something else. 
uh, the money is still growing from that project, the baby that I started, but it's never about me as a person. And I try to ensure to keep doing this through investing in the right people. To the client and to the people you invest in, it takes time. Why? Because you, you're observing, you're still observing. These people that you're hiring, if you put them with the client, how they will react. Your baby is always like, you have something specific, your work, you want it to be in something specific. So with time, I'm trying to learn, you can reach that specific thing, but in different ways. Le okay, let's go a little bit in depth on this. What's the starting salary usually for a new employer at Willow? 550. 550, yes. okay, so you're you're already higher than, than, than average market. Uh, for agencies, uh, yeah, if you want to take the client side, they start at 450. But agency side, you always need to give them more because they work on different clients. Interesting, because you're definitely already upper than, than most market. Most market offer first three months is usually cap salary of 250, 300. Never. Uh, uh <laughs> no, for us, never. never. Uh, Willow's is a separate case. And mashallah alaykum, you're really you know, doing a great job. Um, and then, so starting salary is 550. Uh, what's your labor, labor labor turnover like? At the beginning, we had a big turnover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the beginning, I remember we hired our first five employees. I lost three of them in like two months. I wasn't clear. I totally blame myself for that. I wasn't clear with them at all. Like, because maybe things were not clear for me as well. So you're being hired, very clear job description, very clear position but they didn't feel what Willow is. I, I understand, but, but how long is, is, the, is the lease period? The lease period, as oh, my uh, contract, you Yeah, know no, well, I mean, the how, how long is, is the, 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 the uh, I forgot the probation. word. Probation. Three months. As so you do standard three months? Standard three months. Standard okay. from his side and, and our side as okay. well. Okay, and does the salary increase after three months or st you stay the same? No, we stay the same. And already we start with not a very low, uh, low uh, salary, but it would depend on the scope of work. And by scope of work, I don't mean the working hours because if you... I, I've been there, right? So when an agency exhausts the employees, they're no longer creative. They're just doing things. And this is when you start going down. So when I say the scope of work is, if someone is a junior designer, okay, I learn how to give him more responsibility, you know, mm -hmm. scale him up. And then he sees him, his achievements within the company and he started linking his objectives to the company's objectives. And this is why I was able to hook them to stay. Mm -hmm. They might like you as employer from now till forever, but they might still leave, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's their benefit. So I believe what I lacked at the beginning is linking their own achievements and objectives to the company. Because also I was more functional, right? I wanted the right people to do the right job. Okay. The personal or the human element wasn't as equivalent as doing the right job for us. Well, how, how, do, you st how do you stop then negative behavior then in that sense negative behavior in terms of what exactly uh stepping over the line uh, pulling it clients uh, pulling clients it never happens <coughs> to be honest we have a clear contract when it comes to that and maybe the people that we work with were lucky i don't know i don't know it never happened to be honest with you and there was one incident that one of the turnover at the beginning, one client received a call from him. That client told me, but already 
that person left us, you know, but he told me that person contacted me for this and this. So the client approached me and called me. Now, if I still have that person and he stepped over us with the client, it didn't happen yet. Could it happen? It happens everywhere. How we will react to it, I guess, I don't know. Happens. I, I find it interesting because because we've we've had 50 episodes or so and e even already we had what two or three people try to poach you guys well yeah <laughs> sorry 15 15 <laughs> and and get them would you bad which was very strange I mean I don't I don't have a problem I'm always encouraged those to do do your own stuff introduce cash flows but yeah get them would you and I just looked at him and I was like I don't know what to tell you it's happened to me a few times but how would you react Khalid? you step back right and Anna for me I believe if it happens hey if I've done the right job it is what it is no what, what, yeah, what, uh, this is this is exactly what happens I encourage those two guys I said listen if a better opportunity comes up please exactly. take it I'm with you on this. Uh, on his side, the guy, with w when I w we, we've had it a few times, Dan and I agree, disagree on it a number of times. Mm -hmm. um, يعني he can, he can come. No filters. My, and he doesn't give me enough respect for which. So when he comes to me and says, hey, you know what, I have a business opportunity. Hey, I know what, I have or we want you to do this, or we want you to do this. We can work something out. I just look at him and I just go, thanks, but no thank you. And for me, this is, I love when people do it because in a way that, 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 يعني, شفت وجهه يعني خلاص. عم اقول لك نو فلتر يعني بتحس اتس تو ماتش يعني لما هيدا يصير بس اف صارت مثلا اف اكيد حتصير وان ذس هابنز وذ ماي اني اوف ماي تيم بحس لو ذا موست سينيور يعني ما بقدر ايفن تو ليت جو اي بيليف ماي كاركتر اي وود ستيب باك اف اي هاف دون ذا بروبر جوب اند اي جيف هيم ذا رايت اوبورتونيتي فور ماي ماي امبلوي هي وود ستي ويز مي بس ديفينتلي ذا اذر سايد دوينغ ذس I cannot work with, I cannot deal with him as a client. I cannot partner up with him, even on any type of relationship. Yani, whoever does that does a lot of other things. We agree on this. Ethics, in business, no, it's not always about being ethical and the values and whatever you grow up on. You have a client, thank you. You have a client, for example, and there's a new bid. No, you used to tell each other, I'm also bidding, even if it's your client. I refer to one of the But this is not a little bit... I mean, it's not ethical, it's not ethical. There's a lot of animals in the What's what's the average damage for the client? Now we got better, luckily. <laughs> At the beginning, it was really bad because of uh, being unclear. Hmm. It wasn't from the client side. I, in, I believe yani, a very low percentage come from the client. It's either as an agency, you lead the client well or you lose the client. 
So do you bill them hourly, daily, by project? How do you do the finances there? It depends. Some of them, they work with us by project, but most of them are retainer basis. Really? Okay. Yes. This is our target because by project... You're not an agency, you're consultancy. Yeah. Uh, bring a cashier so you can explain what, what the fight is all about. Christ almighty, Christ almighty. So, so we're, we're, you, you, you're saying that your partner, your business partner runs the, the, the discipline side. If you call it discipline, he runs more the legal. He takes the legal, the financing, um, even with the client. So I no longer talk finances with the client. Because Interesting. When, yes, it doesn't work well because there would always be issues in payment detail, delays, right? And I'm the one dealing with the work, with the marketing, the strategy, the execution, all of that. If I'm the one who's interfering in the payment, something would go off between us, right? If you're my client, if I'm asking like the payment is delayed and so on, you delay the payment. Being one person to do these two didn't work. Interesting. Yeah, it turn it tarnished a little bit the relationship between me and my clients. So now I do nothing related to payments with my clients. My I only work as their director. M one of my friends, what they would used to do is they would have a second email address under like it would be like mm, like someone else. yeah it would be yeah. like finance or whatever term they would use mm. and he would then write a more formal structured aggressive email As from, if, uh, from that. I mean that's the first uh, phase of being schizophrenic but <laughs> it is what it is yeah. I mean you gotta like get that money no you can't wait I know but for us it worked perfectly because we bridged our competencies so whenever you want to partner with someone it's very important like what you're gonna bring to the business and what the other person is bringing to the business. If you're both having the same personality, you both do the same thing and you both bring the same things, it doesn't mean that you're going to be successful. So whatever the gaps you have as a partner, you need to find a partner that would fill those gaps. And how, how long have you guys both started at the same time or did you join him? He and joined you? No, he has an experience for 15 years as well, but more in Saudi and UAE. I have the experience of 12 years in Bahrain mostly, mm -hmm. but he worked more on a senior level. So as a GM, as a finance department, he started. So. He's into the process systems, ERP dynamics. He doesn't come from a marketing background, but he has what it takes to fill the gaps that we needed. So in terms of management of a higher management, like the tougher side, if you would call it, he bridges, I won't say my weakness, I would say my gap because I don't want to be like this. So right. I'm the motivating part for the team. I'm the one they will come to me if they need a solution and they tried and didn't find a solution. I don't want to end up with a team who's lazy because they know I will find a solution. That's the risk. That's exactly. why I kept, that's why I said earlier, you come to me with a problem or two solutions. Exactly. You don't just come but with a problem. And don't come to me. You want my direction because you're scared to make a decision. Mm. If I build some sort of fear in you, then I failed being as a, being your leader. So I ensure that I lead them to a stage. They come with, with a problem with solutions, but they just need another opinion on that, but they can also make a decision. So I give them the space, but we're clear on the space we give. Definitely you cannot give the same space for each and every one of your team because everyone is different. So I'm that part of the agency and he takes more, I won't say the sanctions, but if something drastic happened internally, there would be a consequence for that. From my side, it would be like, this doesn't work. I will withdraw and then he would come and do his job as the 
manager in that part. And do you, it's, this is a tough question to ask, but do you have to deal with a lot of clients who are very late on payment? Very common. Very, very common, yeah? common. Very common. It's common in my agency. It's common in any any jobs I've worked in, any it, agency. You don't find it interesting that it's more common with big businesses than with small businesses? 100%. That's weird, isn't and it? And they're the ones that very careful. The worst? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to be diplomatic here. <laughs> You're trying to lead me, but I'm trying. They are. They are. But the, isn't it the, this, this is for me like such the irony because on the flip side, it's the smaller uh, businesses. They struggle. It's harder for them to it, pay. Not so much the pay. It's that their expectations are higher. Like It's not expectation. I will say it differently. The smaller business, there would be more room for misunderstanding. So it's not the expectation. It takes more effort from us not to educate them. I won't say educate them, but to tell them this is the scope. This is what you need to expect. This and this and this because they lack the experience more than the or lack the history or they don't know how to deal with you mm. as the bigger ones. The bigger ones, <coughs> they know your scope. They know what to expect. They know the outcome of your job and they know the limitation. This is what you do. This is what we do. In, in my experience with, with the smaller end of uh, um, uh, uh, mediums, uh, uh, SMGs, SM Ease. SMEs, is that this the meat the smaller end usually usually expect the world like they want to pay the very bottom price and they want to get everything and they want to get maximization yes. out of you 100%. and they they call you and they message you and they they're constantly behind your ass and you're like listen you know things take time we have to deliver and we're going to deliver on this date this is why i told you one thing it's the agency who leads mm. this is why i told you i will not say we educate them but there's a lot of talking. There's a lot of awareness. This is our job. This is our scope. This is not our scope. They do not understand what you do, what you don't do. They see you, especially in marketing. Marketing is a very broad topic. They misconfuse it with sales. You need to keep setting the boundaries. What we do, what we don't do. You need to be very careful in communication. You need to be very clear. If we do this, this can be the outcome. So you need to keep going with them. The moment you stop leading your client and managing your client perfectly is the moment either you will lose yourself and you will fail or you will lose your client. Interesting. I, I, would, I, I don't think we really went into the point that I was trying to make is that, yes, you're right. Setting boundaries is the correct methodology, but that doesn't stop them from calling your personal number. <laughs> You manage. You manage them. I really, it's, 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 yeah. it, 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 you I've need had, to manage them. I've had clients where, you know, it was through a friend. They're like, listen, you know, there's, they're a smaller end of it. Do you mind like pitching in? Do you mind helping? Blah, blah, blah. Because they don't qualify either because the volume that they ordered or they don't qualify uh, based on the, 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 the price that we generally do. And so I said, fine, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take a little bit of a loss. It's still profitable, but it's not typical. And I'll, I'll put myself through it. Every time I've done that two or three times, and I, I never will do it again, it always is a disaster. It always is a disaster. It always is that they call me at, at all times of hours when I'm like, listen, I'm not in charge of you know, this particular thing. So for example, textiles, right? It's like, I'm not the tailor. I'm not the cutter. I'm not the guy who's delivering it to you, right? I, I, I'm, I'm not even the supervisor. You're, you're talking to the owner, me. 
I can give you a timetable and saying it's done this and this and this. I cannot tell you which unit is done right now. And I, I, you don't need to have this information either. Why bought this? And can you not speed up delivery? This is the deal, and if you want to take it, and then they would contact my, my, our friend, and they show whatever, and you know, he's, he's not happy. And now he's, he's being a monster. And I've, I've had clients where I delivered them and they, like, previous, who, friends of friends, clients, and then they came back to me and said, hey, you know what, can we do another order? And I'm like, no way. No way. And agencies, who is the usually a part of the highest paid hmm. out of the team hmm. is the client management. Oh, true. Why? Because what brings the client down is not what happens behind the scenes. If you live one day in an agency, the things that you see backstage, what happens behind the scenes, never gets to the client. Of course. But it's the client management, the client manager, either he will fail the agency or fail the client. How? He's in between. He needs to know when he's representing and uh, securing the client, uh, the agency, and he needs to represent the client at the agency. And mm. he needs to ensure all the flow becomes smooth. Mm. If this person fails, this is when the, the agency loses the client. And, and that's actually really clever. I might implement that. Well, I don't know if I can implement that on my side because we don't really do that kind of business anymore. But uh, on a separate question I wanted to ask you, how do you handle late payments? What do you mean in terms of what, how I handle Do you do payments? punishment fee? No. You really should. We should, but we started implementing stopping the services rather than a punishment fee because it depends on the client as well, right? So just like for us, at times a client would pass through certain circumstances. I understand this business. I understand all of that, but also you need to be understanding. If it happens once, the client picks up, he tells you this and this happened, Alim, or whoever, or X. And you've been with this client for a year and they've been very punctual. What would you do? Yes, but this is a very different animal when they're contacting you beforehand and not when the payment yes. is due on the 28th. Exactly. And then on the 29th, they call you. This is what I'm saying. If the client does that, we're very understanding, but not every month. So we don't do any punishment fee. We don't stop the service. Everything goes smoothly. Now, the common side is the usual delay every month. So. We're not begging for the money anymore. When you start the business, you send like reminder, invoice, due, email, first person, second person, whoever is in the company. So as the client sees all these people is being escalated to, we don't do that anymore because this is your right. You worked for it. You paid your team for it and you're not getting the money from your client. So we do two things. One time we send the invoice, we send one reminder. At the, at the end of the reminder, we say, if the payment is not done as per the agency's policy, if the payment is, done not, is not done by this date, we will be stopping our services till the payment is completed. Mm. When they stop, they, see, they feel the difference. So the first day, like, what's happening? There's no briefing. None of my team are, are in their office. What's happening? Okay, so something changed. So they're making the, they're making the payment. Punishment fee is a good idea. I'm not, I'm not opposing it. 
we just feel like within our culture and within Willow, Willow culture is a bit tough. There's a very easy solution. When you sign the contract, you have a footnote in the contract as a policy that 10% addition will be added one week. Clearly, this is one way to do it. Very the other easily. way, which is working. Ver Whenever we're stopping, we're getting the points. Ver I, I hear what you're saying. I'm, I'm saying you should do two things combined, right? Maybe, because yeah, why not? Because you have to add, you have to have an incentive for it, right? It's not just that the services are stopping from your end. If they're not doing, if, if maybe they're not doing financially well, or maybe they're not really sure if your service is even needed anymore and stuff like that, then that's what they're going to start thinking about. But when they see on the payable and then you send an invoice saying, hey, you know what, there's a 10% increase because you're a week late. But can you tell me which agency is getting paid on time with no due dates from the ones that you know? Uh, from my brothers, definitely. We're not talking from Germany. Bahrain. No, I have no idea because I don't work in in that exactly, industry. Exactly. I can only tell you. That's why I started telling you it's very common, very common. Th so the moment you put an additional fee, you're highlighting one thing that the client would say. You're highlighting others. Be meaning they would say, but no one does that because there's a fee. It's painful for I, him. I He's think. Paying. I think Mackenzie does that. Mackenzie, but Mackenzie is one, and it depends where you're looking. It depends on your target. If you're targeting SMEs, Danny, can you look you up? You won't mention Mackenzie. Can you can you type? Oh, what? Of course, SMEs are all worshiping Mackenzie. If you're, okay, Mackenzie let me say that. Punishment fee? I think they do a punishment fee. If you're talking our clients, Hamad, it doesn't work with them. Anna, I don't want him to mention others. The antitrust fines. I'll have to look it up and I'll send it over to you because we'll have to look at it a little bit more in depth. And it will like it will raise because of the Bahrain and with the only one that gave it to me. But this is one. But the, the, the th you license yourself in the U.S. You come oh, here, then you show, hey, you know what? We don't operate on Bahrain standards because why? Because we're above it. Heck, Heck, I agree with you. Very simple. That's the way it is now. I cannot with it. Also, do you? This is another crazy thing that I don't understand. Why? The, I mean, why the fuck you didn't do this? Are you not terrified of potential legal issues internally? One of the other reasons why companies register here in Bahrain in, in the U.S. is because the laws are very stringent. Mm. So if you're having internal issues because mm -hmm. your partner is mm -mm. is is maybe wants to sell out the business or maybe is uh, I don't know going through some health issues and cannot come and work for a year, these are all then issues. Mm. And here in Bahrain, of course, we'll have to cut this part out because the laws are, are fucking still last century. Uh, uh, there's there's a lot of nepotism. Mm. So cut it out. Of course, my partner is my husband. Uh, even more important, even more important. I'm not telling you it's a good thing. I'm, I'm saying. telling you aswa. That, that's why I said it's even more important. That's why we have my lawyer, his lawyer. It's not a good scenario. I'm terrified legally. But it's not the best scenario. Yani even the lawyer would tell me, is a hexar and and the thing is Bahraini? Because if that was Bahraini as well, then you would you would my existence killer. You get what I mean? 
فلانه نحن وير بارتنرز اند هيز ماي هازبند كانت اسوء بموضوع الليجل لانه انت عم بتحط اول يور اكس ان وان باسكت عم تفهم قصدي سو جيت فاكينج لايسنسد يسترداي دو ات كويك اي ويل بيكوز سبحان الله اف اف وات ايفر هابنز ذن يور فاكت ان بوث اندز يعني 100% 100% I mean, how how do you? Well, we can cut this part out, but I'm interested. How the fuck did you do? You, do you manage the the business and and the private relationship? Cut it all, Heidi. It's horrible. It's horrible. يعني أسوأ شيء هيدا اللي بيقلك balancing والحياة بالشغل والحياة بالبيت هيدا اللي عايشين بالغيمة. It's not practical at all. Forget practical, but you're taking an issue that you're having in the office with each other. You're taking the issues back home with each other. كل الوقت بتعرف نحنا كل الوقت صرنا هيك بس ما كنا يعني في إشي أنت انتبه. You have to do it to know it, right? <laughs> Come on, people have been saying that for generations. They say don't work with who you sleep with. That everyone has been saying that for years. لا لا بس أنا نحنا we didn't partner لأنه هو الروزي وأنا مارتن. No, we partnered based on competencies. I'm بحكيك very serious بالموضوع and trust me on that. لما قعدنا كان عندنا انفستر هي ويل بارتنر وذ مي حطينا اوراق وات هيز جيفينج مي وات ذات وانز جيفينج تو ذا بزنس اند سو اون وهو هي واز دون من سعوديه له تقريبا 15 سنه من سعودي كان سو so كمان في هيدا هو من وين لبنان؟ هو لبنيز ايجيبشن ايجيبشن الحمد لله اوكي سو هيز نوت بحريني هيز نوت سعودي اذروايز كورتس خلاص جود باي مستحيل انا اصلا Why I also position myself as the partner, not the director. Because Saudi, because if you see you are the director, you have a partner. It's not that you are now entering. It's hard for me to take clients. So that's why I'm in the shadow. Even if I don't say I'm the managing partner or whatever. So when it happened, we partnered purely based on competencies. He bridges every gap. I'm telling you. In a year and a half, we work together. It's perfect. It's perfect. He bridges every gap. I bridge every gap he has. We compete each other. يعني لو جبلي من أي شخص أكتر من ما حياتي أنا وياه it worked بالشغل. بس المشكلة بالموضوع إنه أنا مثلاً في شغلة بت attitude أو نرفزة. مدير بنرفز بنها عادي. لا نفس الطريقة اللي أنت يرياكت بالبيت بتصير يرياكت هون. هون. والنظرة اللي بتنعطى هون بتبقى معك بالبيت. You get what I mean. معك حق. وبتصير بالليل نحنا كل حياتنا بنحكي شغل. شو بلشنا؟ بلشنا مثلا تو بالانس، يعني مثلا مرة بنص الجمعة وي هاف درينك ممنوع الشغل. ممنوع. وي تراينج بس شو؟ كويس هي الناس مش مشينز. لا يو فورس ات. You force it. بعد اثنين ثلاثة drinks تنسى أصلا الشغل قاعد بيجوا أصحابك whatever. We're trying to balance اللي هي ما كان عندنا إياها أبدا بالأول. الأسوأ من هيك أسوأ من أي مم. شيء ثاني إنك أنت كل الوقت مع نفس الشخص. هي كثير عاطلة. لأنه قبل أنت عندك حياتك عندك حياتك بتجوا بتلتقوا whatever you go uh, you meet for a sunset whatever drink. في في شوية distance. بس ما, ما تحس بعد بقلبك البوزيشن مش where a partner with a husband is because يعني بال بال how do you see يعني البارتنر حقي تغير طبعا مع السنوات صح at certain point لازم تهتم that you don't see a husband or a wife or whatever من ناحيه بس الشغل 
فهمت علي؟ فهمت علي because the relationship moves and it becomes dynamic sometimes you fall in love you fall out of love whatever sometimes you like your business partner other times you hate your business partner this is normal in all relationships شو بيصير مثلا اذا كان فشل اي اثنين بيتخانقوا طبيعي اذا كان مثلا في مشكل بيناتنا بالبيت طريقه تعاملنا بالشغل فيري سيريس وستريت وعرفت بوت هيك بفوت هيك وات ايفر بس انا ولا مره زعجني هيدي ما ما كنت عرفتها حتى في عمل بطريقه مثل كانه شخصين هو انا ما بعتقد عملته انا شخص واحد بس هو مثلا لا فيكم بالمكتب بالسيريس قاعد يعني زي سكيزوفرينيا يمكن ما بشوفه انه هيدا هو عرفت انا يعني هلا انت يتريجر ذات دراسه انا ما ما اي didnt face it يعني فيني ما اشوفه انه هيدا احمد مثلا اي dont see him بالمكتب بالبيت يمكن كمان the way you sit in the house الاتاير تبعك مختلف الاتموسفير المشكله مش how you see المشكله الحكي كل حكيك يعني انت وين يو كومينيكيت وذ يور بارتنر بتصير كل الوقت ليش؟ لانه انت مبلش شغل بدك توصل عندك ديل عندك هيدا كل الوقت هيدا اللي بتصير اولويتك خلص ليت مي بي مور دايركت وذ يو ذن اي نو بزنس بارتنرز هو اولسو وير ماريد اند نوت بزنس بارتنرز اني مور بس على فكره نان اوف ذيم اوف كورس لا البزنس طبعا نو ون نوز وي مانج يعني لانه ما عندنا انا ماي سوشيال ميديا از برايفت ما عندنا نو ون نوز لانه It's not just professional. I think it also, it, it's very difficult in this in this society being a woman trying to get clients and stuff like that. And I think there's another added layer to that. But let's be honest, there is that that bad. في كمان شغلة مثلاً إذا أنت حتحلك محلهم إذا أنا فيك يا على المكتب لعنده عم أعطيك وقت أو شيء تخيلت the kind of jokes أو كيف عرفت يعني إنه it's different. I didn't want this environment. Fam, it's but what I was what I was trying to say is that I I I know people. I mean, طبعاً, so because I know people doesn't mean it's the same with you guys. Is that the 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 from the dynamic from the relationship, a husband didn't see his his partner as a wife anymore, but just saw him as a business partner. Right and uh, and the same is with the wife as well. I'm, I'm, I this is what it's so dangerous when Mumkin. when yeah, you Mumkin. work together yeah. and you're 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 living together. ممكن ممكن تعرف يمكن اللي لهلا واللي معقول يتغير. Till now we're making the effort for it. بكره يمكن تتعب. But the moment يمكن we start we stop making this effort. راح يكون الموضوع كتير بشع. And none of you two want to step out or step back. هو هو ايفينشولي هو ويل ستيب باك لانه هو بس هالفتره بس تو جيت ثينجز يعني مشى الموضوع بدي بعد تقريبا ست سبع اشهر وي ريتش الفاينانشال سيتويشن اللي بدنا اياها مرتاحين اكثر بكثير الموضوع شوي اكبر هو عنده اوريدي فاتحين نحن بيولو سجل لايك بارت اوف ذا سيرفيسز السيستمز اي ار بي هو اللي بيشتغل مع مايكروسوفت So he needs to have his division. يعني هو توتالي مختلفة عن مارك عن الماركتينج. You get what I mean? But he didn't start it yet. في شيء ما فهمت عليه. No, definitely not. I don't understand what the Microsoft part has to do with okay. it. Okay, he works in ERP system with Microsoft licensing. For all this kind of stuff. Whatever, whatever this is. <laughs> <laughs> it took me it took me two years to understand ERP. Microsoft license. Now you're speaking more like a wife than a than a partner. I know. This is now the difference. Whatever that is, that's his. 
كارير يعني هي مبلش له تقريبا مور ذان 22 ييرز من دبي للسعوديه لما بعرف وين هيدي هيز اكسبيرتيز سو هي وونتس تو ستارت هيز اون بزنس اب اراوند ذات سيكتور اي اوريدي هي بنفس السجل محطوطه بس هي ديدنت ستارت ات يت هي هاز هي كونسلتس اوريدي بس هي ديدنت ستارت جاد هيلب شوريو ليش؟ يو يو Okay, going from from working as an working as an entrepreneur is first of all not easy. Being married to your business partner is an additional difficulty. Now both mar- both both one partner leaving where you're then يعني ناقص support for the shughal because now you have to adapt, you have to find a different person, yeah. whoever to, to find it. And then them starting a new business means double stress, double constraints. Yes. The, the, do you get what I mean? Yeah. And and when you're having difficulty, especially the first like three four months, right? Who are you gonna go message? You're gonna go message your But former business partner. He won't ever leave Willow in terms of the managing director. Okay. okay. He would never. He'd have asab ali. But what's the You can see my, my face. What's the He already has his clients. Okay. Rather than them now working as a consultant for them, he's gonna be their consultant under an entity. Okay. What he will go through is different than what I went through with Willow. And Ashamil can have the best two clients working with me as a freelancer, freelance consultant. They pay you little. entity, right? I built the entity, then I got the clients, and then I grew, and then I got the team, and so on. Mm-hmm. هو اوريدي عنده الكلاينتس تبعون هيز ذير كونسلتنت فور ييرز ريتينر يعني اخذين اللايسنس اند سو اون سو كل كلاينت تو ييرز كونتراكت حلو حلو واسطه اكزاكتلي فرادر ذان يبقى وحده از ان انتيتي ذيرز ان اوبرتونيتي فور جروث بيكوز هي ديد ا هارد بارت اوريدي فهمت قصدي؟ ام نوت سينج اتس ايزي نوثينج از ايزي بس ايفينشلي ذيس از وير وي نيد تو ريتش لانه هو كمان هيز نوت انترستد ان ذا فاكت هو ما بحب منه بالماركتينج فانت لو يو ار مانجنج دايركتور اوف سمثينج يو ار نوت ريليتد تو بتشوفه يعني منه منه موتيفيتد فاهم عليك فاهم عليك بس وين هي موفز تو تو وات ايفر ذا مايكروسوفت ثينج داز اي دونت نو وات ات از ات كود بي سيرفيس كود بي سيرف كود بي وات ايفر يو ار غونا لاك ذات سبورت انترنلي فروم ذا بيلابلز تو ذا مسجز تو وات ايفر رايت And who you who you're gonna message? You're gonna message him while well, he's still concentrating on his own venture. not as a partner, as an employee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I understand. He wants to license his Microsoft business under yes. yours as a as a daughter company exactly. with with the Willow Enterprise. Exactly. Okay, exactly. uh, I mean it's it's I don't know, it's not traditional. Yeah. Globalization isn't really uh, talked about. There are a few companies that do that. The Koch brothers. Um, I'm trying to think if I can think at the top of my head a different company. Uh, Koch brothers. There must be another one. Uh, Sabit maybe. They're probably the only two companies that I, that I can have on top of my head. That that different that do different service businesses within a larger umbrella. That that model of business has almost completely disappeared. Apple, I guess you could say, but they're all producing technology products. Yeah, you're going toward more uh, always on a larger scale, but there's a lot in Saudi. Also, they do this side of it. 
أنا I don't yeah, believe in this. Yeah, but you don't want I to don't divide believe. your attention. Eh, أنا I don't believe in. You want to be the top of what you do. Exactly. That's why um, even his branding is different. يعني أنت بس على الوراق, even on papers only, it's the same سجل. Okay. He's never there. لأنه if you position that person in that field, صار بيعمل كل شيء. Okay. So he's totally hidden. Okay. Uh, hey, you know what? If it works, it works. What do I to say? Uh, okay. So, so what? What kind of, what kind of results have you seen with your client base? In terms of growth. Growth, sales. What do, what do you? It depends what do you on s- the objective. Yeah. What is the general client? objective that you get? General the average. Definitely, it's fifty percent growth on a sales share. This is the market share. Market share. I'm talking clients. Yeah. 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 You're making as a client, if you do the strategy, you want to implement one tactic only from the agency, that wouldn't get you what you want. Can you give me an example? A company you've worked with, you don't have to say the name, just what, you, what, what their issue was, what your solution okay. was, and how you accomplished it. I'll give you a very recent example. Mm-hmm. We dealt with a factory, okay? Factory of uh, plastics mm-hmm. in the region, mm-hmm. okay? They wanted to reach five of their big clients and they couldn't because they were doing only a sales process, okay? And they were struggling because it was very hard reaching those clients. We're talking ethically, we're talking the traditional way. We're not talking about other scenarios, uh, WASTA and I don't you're know not You're not talking about outside the box thinking. No, we're not talking about that kind of out of the box thinking. They needed five and those five clients, those five targets, they know nothing comes in WASTA or nothing comes in under the table because they've been operating for 15 years, mm-hmm. the factory. So what we've done, we approach them like, this is our issue. We have our sales force. They're approaching these five companies. They have the need, we're not closing. The first thing we ask, do you have the operations, the right operations, do you have the right need? So they have everything. There's a need, they're not closing the deal. We post, nothing is known about the company. They're being approached by the wrong people. They're being salesy. They annoyed the hell out of that of those clients and those clients cannot tolerate it anymore. So what we advise them, withdraw your sales. Sleep on it for three months. Do nothing but account-based marketing because it's very complicated. So stop speaking to everyone. They were like, we did ads on LinkedIn. We paid a lot of money, this and this and this. And they have a very specific business. So this ad is just spending on everyone. They're very specific. And the deals that they need to close, not a random person can close that deal. Sure. So what they need is client management. Exactly. So they, we told them, Hold on your on your sales a little bit. Stop stop pushing sales. We started creating the awareness, creating the trust. Trust wasn't there at all. So still, I didn't do any marketing tactics that converts. We're still building. We're still building. We built their name and we built their entity. Those target and I was only working on these five clients. I didn't work on any other prospect because they wanted to close these deals. And then I started targeting them. And then we started creating the exact marketing content and strategy for their needs. So, you know, in factories, sometimes they produce big containers. They produce the detergents containers. So it's very, there are a lot of variables. You cannot approach someone who would be interested in detergent containers and show him huge containers for petrol, for example. It's irrelevant for him. So we started creating the niche needs and being more strategic in what the prospect is looking and targeting them in marketing. The competences of the factory, 
video content, shooting. We created the brand ambassador. The, the, uh, the factory only had the salespeople. This is everything the, out, the outdoor knew about them. Mm. We started creating all of Brand that. awareness rather than exactly. pure sales. Exactly, okay. then pure sales. Then we gave it three months. We were working and retargeting and nurturing and we were seeing who's designation from that specific companies or seeing our ads, they're seeing whatever we're sending them and so on. Target marketing. Exactly. Yeah. After the third month, we sat with the sales team, with the sales team, and we integrated their sales funnel with the marketing funnel. Mm-hmm. So let me put it practically for you. If I'm hitting them with any marketing material on a Thursday, the sales team should appear over phone or email or any other, even in person, by the next Monday. Monday, he withdraws. Marketing would be after three days. So I'm there. I'm not all the time pushing and it helps converting. See, this is where I think we, we would approach this, this segmentation a little differently because on commodity, when it comes to commodity business, it's a little different because usually on the larger end scales, it's usually a bidding war, both on buy and sell. You know, the, the whoever offers the cheapest because it's a commodity, the buyer will buy. And from the seller perspective, whoever can offer me the highest price on this unit, I would gladly go and sell to them. Right. So it's it's a reverse dynamic between both. If it's a commodity, mm. if you're talking about a specific good, then it's different. Right. Yes. That's it. And it, it's it it's beautiful. interesting seeing someone like this. Let in common if you're sitting with someone. The energy to understand you. You get what I mean? For meeting with you and all your energy is goes, you don't want to make an impression. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. Are you doing that sales strategy where you just repeat back what I'm saying in a different way? Are you doing that? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then repeating back what I'm saying. <laughs> this can go, go on and on and on, you know? I hate that. I hate because I see that. I'm feeding you energy. I'm feeding you. (laughs) I see it immediately. (laughs) (laughs) It was too cheesy. (laughs) I just see it immediately, especially for people in the marketing world. Thank you for stereotyping. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you don't do a stereotypical action, I won't say it. Now you have to stop. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I'm so interested in your business and, and I'd love to see you like be 10 times bigger than you are right now. And I, I just feel like, I just feel like that, like you've got all the pieces, but it's, it's not clicking right now. You know what I'm saying? It's, it feels like it's like, like you, you, you understand the, the, what's missing in the industry. You understand what's, how to reach them, but it's not taking you to, to the big league. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. That's because I believe the hardest thing you can do is creating the proper business model for your agency or your business. When we started, we had services, but we didn't know where to fit the services. You get what I mean? And it started evolving. We started meeting people. We started meeting the people we need. We started meeting our clients and molding our services and changing our business model. Within a year and a half, you have no idea how much our business model changed throughout the journey till you reach a level where this is your business model is it final i don't believe it's ever going to be final because the moment you think it's final is the moment you stop listening to the people and you just listen to yourself as the needs needs change your business model should keep changing as an entrepreneur as you keep growing 
So I know exactly what you're hitting. You're hitting the exact pain point. The pieces are there, but because you're thinking of a different market, you're thinking of a different growth, you need to mold it. And some of the pieces, Yanni, he loose ending somewhere. You're trying to Do you not feel like you could, you could, you could dual weed, wield in a sense that you're starting to build after a year and a half the connections here in the Middle East. You're starting to have yeah. the, the networking. You're starting to have the reputation. Don't you think now should be where your sales teams are contacting consultancy companies, agencies, everything else in the U.S. to funnel money through you to then build out that large relations? You know what I mean? There's so much money in the West yeah. that are begging to reach people in this sector and you could be in that nice little medium sweet spot where you connect those two. We dealt with two agencies before, mm. okay, two consultancy agencies. They had their headquartered in uh, Jordan and they were operating in the US. And they wanted, listen, we have this and we need the know-how of the GCC. You're there, you have the agency. And we dealt with them. It was a very good, uh, it was a very good deal. We learned a lot because you're dealing with Profit, yeah, like like big. big companies, you know, not like you're giving. No, you're taking as well from the knowledge. When it happened, it happened by chance. We didn't work for it. But also we were so focused on what we're doing because we want to first take the first objective before we scale. So we served that. We kept going, but definitely it's within our future plans, and which is should be very near future. I mean, I, listen, it's, it depends on the industry you're in, right? I mean, f if you're a marketeer perspective, you don't necessarily have to, uh, for example, a luxury brand fit. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have a website if you're so niche and you're such the top of the line. And halas. Like, for example, there's a shop in Italy that's, that makes this, the socks for the Pope. Mm -hmm. each, each single sock costs 50 euros. You don't know the name of it. Yeah. I don't know the name of it. But I, they don't have a website. But if I go to Italy, I can find them. Mm. And it's a tiny little shop, right? So, so it all depends on your, your segmentation. And they, they, they don't care. But you <laughs> know, sales. what I see from a marketing point of view, if without a website and without anything, he's doing that well, imagine with a little bit of tricks here and there, how much more market share he can but get. There's, there's, there are black brands in this world, especially in textiles, uh, that are above Canali, mm. right? And then yeah. that are above uh, whatever that London street is called where the suits are all made. Uh, the, the Harrods one. Har it's yeah. not Harrods. There's this the Harrods street, the one with Harrods. Can you type in the suit, suit street in London? It's bothering me now that I don't remember the name. But there, there are places like that. Mm -hmm. Savile Row. There are places like in Savile Row mm -hmm. where a pair of shoes costs like 20,000 uh, uh, BD, right? That we will don't know the name of it. They don't have a website because they don't need to. They have mm -hmm. their clientele. They have their client base. They're targeting to it. And that's There's actually a shoe shop there in Savile Row where, where they, take the, they take a mold from your, your feet and they keep it in the shop for life. So whenever you need another hair, that's interesting. They have them. You call them, sense. and they and if you don't order for like a like like a large period of time, 20, 30 years, mm -hmm. they will call you and to ask if you're still doing well, if you're still alive, because if you pass away, they take <laughs> the shoes, then they bury them. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, that's service, right? I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting, no? Mm, it's interesting actually to know the model behind it, like. 
how did it start? You know, how did they grow their data? How they target them? You know, it's interesting. I haven't dealt with such clients here. Like they're very close and they're doing very well and we approach them. So it, it is an interesting thing. Well, there are business models on the planet where the exclusivity is so high, they don't want you to know their name. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating, especially when it comes to handbags and clothing, where if you're in the know, you're in the know. Mm. And that's what they sell. And they sell that, that secretiveness. And otherwise, forget it. Like, how much advertisement does Bugatti make? Near zero, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> right? I mean, Tesla very famously said that they've spent zero dollars on their marketing budget. Because these people, yeah, just, yeah, just to say, these people believe that marketing harmed them. Because if they broadcast it to more people, they lose their exclusivity, right? And marketing, you're approaching more people. So this is why, not because they're doing well like this, because they really believe if they do any more marketing, it will harm them, not just because it's working the way it's working now. Say, for example, Hermes, okay? Hermes, they do not advertise like an ad for a new Birkin. It would never happen. Usually we know from people who purchased it, from the content creators, not from Hermes itself. Why? Because if they put and make this ad for everyone, I cannot have it anyway. I know about it and it becomes like, not exclusive anymore, even when you're talking. Exactly, about it. exactly. Yes, so this is what they would lose. Yeah. Even the word of mouth, they don't want everyone to talk about the Birkin. Th I, I don't remember which, which watch company it is. Um, not Jacob and Co. Uh, uh, can you type in famous watch companies, Dan? I, I'll, I'll see it if I see the list of the names. So, what's interesting about like them. Your search engine dudes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe maybe type in luxury watch companies. Patak Philippe, that's mm. the one. Oh, the king uh, wore it several times. He loves it. Interestingly enough, with Patak mm. Philippe, they don't take on every customer. You can you have to go for a meeting with them mm. because they want to make sure that if you're wearing their brand, you're the kind of person they want to associate with. Isn't that fascinating? To, to, to Does he look like our ideal client? So they exactly, <laughs> right? You, you can literally go there with, with cash in your hand and they will say, uh, I'm not sure, come back That's for me too. That's why royalties love it. Royalties, a king here loves it. He it's, loves it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It's mm -hmm. fascinating. And they've turned down customers. Uh, Claridge's, for example, mm -hmm. uh, used, used, uh, Claridge's is a hotel in London. There used to be a famous story that Claridge's said is that if you would call them and said you would like to speak to the king, they would say, which one? <laughs> because all of, or everyone of everyone would live it's there. It's okay, yeah. For, no, no, not the king from the customer, because yeah, yeah. literal kings would, would come and stay in that hotel. It's fascinating, fascinating. Again, it, 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 there are hotels on the planet that you can call, and even with all the money in the world, they will still be like, mm, I'm, I'm not sure. But I don't see that in like Arabic startup brands. You it know, can it, happen. It can, but you cannot list them in you cannot list them in GCC though. Exactly. You have to list them in Paris. Paris, for example, yeah. But I haven't seen that. So mention mention one brand that started as an Arabic brand, <coughs> and it's very exclusive. None. Very exactly. None. But yeah. it doesn't. I mean, it, that doesn't mean that that if 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 a third party or me or you start a business that you can't have it listed in Paris. And then make a big PR stunt and being like, hey, you know what? We're only going to allow 
these names to come and purchase from us. Mm-hmm. That alone is like a huge. Exactly. But in, in the end, you're in the PR side, just like we spoke before. Exactly. So PR side. I agree. But Patak Philippe doesn't, doesn't spend any money on advertisement because they, they have that reputation. Swiss banks, for and example. And they will never, I don't think they will ever spend money because I told you the mentality, it will harm us. Not only it won't help, I'm fine. No, it harms them. Um, imagine this. When if, if you would go, you have, let's say, I don't know, 50, 100 million. You will go to Switzerland, you want to open a Swiss bank account, right? You want to live the top of the top. They will ask you where the source of that income is coming from. Mm-hmm. Say you operate a legal business. Say you do own casinos. They will turn you down and say, these are not businesses we want to be associated with. Imagine that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Here, if you go to any business, a good business, yalla, anything, anything. Isn't that amazing anything. that a bank will not take you as a customer? It's, um, I, I, I mean, there's, there's prime examples of that in, in the UK. There are banks called building societies. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are like, like, they don't like calling themselves as banks. And they operate by referral. So you, you cannot open that bank account unless that someone refers, refers, you, refers you to that. And that person can only refer one person. So e- you really have to have a good relationship with that person to give that referral to. And that's it. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing, but it's just triggers curiosity like how it started you know why did you do that how does it work how do you make it work you get what i mean because it's not common around you so i can give you so many examples there there are funds in the u.s to buy into a fund Mm -hmm. are the minimum purchase price is 50 million but you can show up with with close to 500 million and they will turn you down because they work very exclusive with 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 who they want to work with you're talking properties. No, 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 assets. funds, funds. Funds, okay. As in like, um, as in like the Dow Jail, um, the S&P 500, um, all of these things, right? There are private funds mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. but the, the buy-in is, for example, 50 or 100 million, but that's also, they, 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 don't, they don't take anyone. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so amazing <laughs> that, that you can be rejected regardless. Can you imagine the person going there being rejected, like how they're going out? <laughs> um, can you type in Danny Bohemian Grove? This is the private members club, Bohemian Grove. I've never heard about it. Can you type in images? Can you show images, sorry. It's in US, right? Yeah, it's the US. Um, Nixon was part of it. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, that's, who, is that Nixon? Yeah, that's Theodore. No, no, that's um, that's Nixon right there on the right. Do you see who that is on the left? No. You don't remember that face from anyone? He's got an economics named after him. Mm. I can't recognize him. You don't. You do recognize Nixon on the right. Yes, but the, that one. That guy on the far left. That doesn't. That doesn't remind you of anyone. No. Reagan. Oh. That wasn't even close. <laughs> yeah, after Reagan economics. So Which yeah. part of the U.S. is that? This is in California. It's called Bohemian Grove, where they have like a statue of an owl. Nixon, uh, Nixon famously called it the most faggot, faggot, faggotest place I've ever been to. Because he said it was just gays. It's fascinating. 
Yeah. It was also one of the few places that 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 didn't allow uh, women Someone to work like there. Someone like you just you saw that picture? I don't know. That's you have to scroll similar. down. Who me with those no, red no, eyes? No, I'm not no, like no. that. Down, Which one? Down. Down. They highlighted both of them. On the left, you mean? Mm. Oh, okay. I don't know, like who did the circle. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of free time. <coughs> like I'll do the circle. I'll publish that. Yeah. But there's there's plenty of places like that where where it doesn't matter how much money you have mm -hmm. if if you're not invited you're not invited and it doesn't matter you can't buy yourself in that's that's that that's the end part the end part that's where you want to be in life mm. right because uh, what what I'm trying to remember who said this um, um, money isn't for the sake of money money fun money is just to keep score can you look that up Dan <laughs> sorry. Money just is keep score. I forgot who said that. Eric Raymond. Eric S. Raymond. Why does that name sound familiar? Was he a motivational speaker? It's gonna be an old man. It's gonna be an old man. I mean, what, what, like, what do you need to look that up for? Definitely an old man. Control C and then Control V. American software developer. No, they use them in the reels. He has a lot of quotes about money and business and finances. Well, did he die rich or did he die poor? That's more and more interesting. <laughs> He's still alive. Is he poor or is he rich? He's married to the same woman since 1996. Mashallah. You don't think that's, that's impressive? <laughs> 30 years. You don't think it's impressive? Three to five million. Okay. That's not oh, that crazy. Very rich, exactly. I thought he'd be like very rich. Mm. Interesting quote for a man. <laughs> Three to five million. <laughs> yeah, you cannot quote him. <laughs> Who said that? I can't just the five minutes. <laughs> I mean, this this is another thing. I, are you like from a oh, we me and Dan have this conversation a lot. I'm always terrified of 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 being too successful. That's the thing that I'm scared of. It is scary. I mean, if you look back to Nokia, mm. you know, and there's a concept they introduced after what happened to Nokia. Nokia crashed from Apple and Motorola and all of this that happened from 2007. It's called marketing myopia. Mm -hmm. Marketing myopia is when you think you're too successful and you become the center of your product. Mm -hmm. And this is a fatal mistake. So if you look back, Nokia, they had the triggers, right? The first Motorola was introduced. Something is happening, guys. They were still doing the same thing. They were like, oh, it's going to fail. We're still going to... It's Nokia, right? It's Nokia. Mm -hmm. 2006 ended. They were still making money. 2007, the beginning of it, they boomed. 2007, they crashed, right? It wasn't because just the Apple was introduced. Before Apple, there were signs. Mobiles were changing. Mm -hmm. The needs were changing. So they fell into that success that you're talking about, what we call as marketing myopia. And they said, we're always going to be successful. This success will not fail, will never fail. We're very successful. We cannot see anything else. I'm talking about from the personal aspect. And as but well from the... These are people. Whoever <laughs> thought like this, they were also successful. Then. Yeah, but you know, what I'm worried about is like suddenly every day you're in the press. 
Suddenly, mm. every you can't like walk down the street without somebody like yelling your name. Suddenly, you're worried about whether your what kids. What are you worried about? Like, what kind of? If you become that successful from your perspective, what do you fear exactly? I would never want to be. I would never want to. I, 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 this is the duality. I would love to own the biggest podcast in the world, but at the same time, I don't want to be Joe Rogan, where he has to travel to the security of seven or eight people. You know what I mean? Like that that this is this is the duality so of your you, nature. You don't want to there there's a cost to it and you don't want to really bear the cost. How about for how, that. let me let me put it this way then. Um uh, uh Trump uh, the president the former president once said there are plenty of rich people who just aren't talked about. That's the that's the kind of wealth you, you want. You want to be that rich. So I, you want to be that type of no, rich. No, 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 no. Think about it this way, right? There's plenty of rich people mm. that you don't know their name of, you don't know where they are, you don't even know who, where they could be, mm. right? What you don't want to be is wealthy and be Elon Musk. You don't want to be wealthy and build Bill Gates. You don't want to be wealthy and be, um, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, the investor? Um, Warren Buffett. You don't want to be those guys. You don't want to have all that money and then people constantly chasing after you, asking you uh, every place you go to eat. I think they enjoy it because Elon works I, for it. I can I can He guarantee you. It. I can guarantee you they don't enjoy it. I can guarantee you. Listen, everything comes at a cost. He enjoys the publicity of it. He creates it. Okay, I'm talking Elon in specific. He creates it. Maybe he doesn't like the cost that he bears with it. Everything in life has a cost, right? So whatever fame he has has a cost. He's enjoying it. He's paying for it. Well, I can give you a prime example. My, my, uh, my uncle once sat next to Bill Gates on an airplane flight, and they, mm -hmm. they sat for like six, eight, seven hours, and they just talked. And Bill Gates himself said one of the worst things about being the richest man on the, wor uh, on the earth is that everyone knows it. I don't have anonymity. People come and ask me. And when I don't answer, people then push and become more aggressive. You know? I understand what you're saying, but again, this is the cost of being very rich. Yeah, and I don't think so. Rich, if you're very rich and that successful and everyone knows you and looks up to you, right? You're number one in your field, whatever your field is. It comes with many good things right roosevelt clinton um Ro rothschild um there's another family i forgot the name all of them are enormously wealthy mm. all of them make sure to not be the press paris hilton for example the hilton family enormously wealthy she's the only one that goes out and talks about it the, well, everyone else is just like hey you know what we'll just <laughs> <laughs> hilton, like, behind the chat yeah, you know what I i'm saying but there's a character as well there's a character trust me And it, it starts even before you start getting rich. Yani a lot of people we worked with, especially brand ambassador, I'm talking on a very small scale. They're not even successful, let alone rich. They die for the attention. They <sighs> die for to enter the mall and people look, for, look, look at them. I'm not talking influencers. I'm talking brand ambassadors. They like it. Now, maybe when you grow and when you become very worldwide successful and people know you're rich, no one wants his door to keep knocking and people asking for money, right? The first people, the family, it's normal. You're rich, you have everything. So other people think they do nothing and they will ask money from you. It happens even if you sell a property, right? And people know you have cash on hand. 
So things change, right? Within the family Oof. even. So, but some people, especially the people, yeah, I'm telling you from the people we work with, they love it. They love it. They like to be uh, But how young are they though? Sorry? How young are they though? Some of them are not young. Mm. Two of them, and they're known in Bahrain. Mm. They're very known. Dana? No. Uh, spooky? No, I won't say. <laughs> Husseini? She's in real estate. Oh, is she on TV? Uh, I know her. Uh, I know her personally, yeah. She's like, yeah, I'm going to go and I won't enjoy it because I'm low profile. You won't enjoy it, it seems. But they it, it seems. Die. Dan, what it was one of my biggest fears when we go out? <laughs> Can you imagine eating in a restaurant? It's also horrible when I, when, you know, if I meet you at, at a restaurant, for example, you notice me and I don't notice you. Mm -hmm. If I follow you, I'm not a guest. <laughs> <laughs> I can't invite 5,000 people. No, I'm not inviting. I follow you. I follow you. Perfect. So, bravo. I don't know. Listen, it's not just success. You will face it because you're online. So. The, the worst part is that you won't be very rich and you will face it. <laughs> that's the that's the yeah, that's the worst of the worst, yeah, isn't the it? The better part would be being that rich and facing it, but for you, you're online, you're out there, you have a show online. So yes, I can imagine you at a restaurant and you have to bear someone coming to you while you're eating. I watch you, good show, you know something, and then they will start giving you their opinion. I like this guest, you know, get more of these guests. Don't do that. And you're eating, you don't even know that. Good is okay. No one, no one has problems with compliments, but people have a problem with it, like, hey, you know what, you said this or that, and I disagree with that. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you <laughs> exactly. What do you want me to do? Exactly. <laughs> and people tend to get comfortable because they think they know you. They forget that you don't know them because they follow you. They know by now your personality, especially you face it. Because you do long-form content. Exactly, exactly. So you will be facing it while you're still not very famous and you're still not very rich. <laughs> this is not a good scenario, you um, know? <laughs> my, dr my dream has always been if I would run a show, uh, like like in a bigger scale, would be to do it the Johnny Carson style, a Tonight Show kind of mm. situation, right? Mm. I, I, I like that aspect of it a lot more. Um, from, from a larger perspective, I hear where you're coming from. I, 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 I forgot the name of the comedian. He talks about this. He says that he always, he, before the venue opens, he would go out and he would greet the fans. And mm. he would take pictures. And it would take him two, three hours, but he would try to do... Yeah, you know each other before you go and talk to them. To them. them yeah. He said one guy came up to him and he said, I'm your biggest fan. He said, okay. The guy was like, no, no, you don't understand. I'm your biggest fan. And the guy was like, oh, God. And he's like, listen, I don't have much going on in my life, but I tell my friends about you. And so when you're successful, I feel like I'm right. 
And that, <laughs> how do you deal with that? How, like, how? Marcus Aurelius famously had a man walking behind him who would whisper in his ear saying, you are just a man. You are but a man. <laughs> right? Because so many people would come up to hey, him and, and... He needs to keep being reminded you're just a man. Just, I don't know. I don't know. Like, if, if that happens to me, I know I'll have my mother to remind me. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, when we deviate, I don't know, where I come from, my mother that puts you back, you know, to where you come from and all of that, to the kindness and both of But how often are you going to meet your mom, though? How often are you going to talk to her on the phone where you're like, on, on, on? I don't on, know on. which floor of my palace she would be, but I'll meet her Oh, you're going to move her in? No yeah. way. You'll be too busy. <laughs> Maybe. Plus, the really, like that kind of level of wealth, they don't have like like palaces and buildings. They usually like to have like a small farm Pen somewhere. Cows. Oh, they don't want to any this this. They don't want people like like stalking their homes. They don't want people like waiting out front of their door. Mobile, I mean, you cannot generalize. You, can, you really cannot generalize. And if the people they live in Hollywood, the celebrities, fifteen to one hundred millions villa, yani. No, they're exposed. They know they have paparazzi. They enjoy it. Do they like invading their privacy? No, but this is their life. So it really depends from one person to the other. Dan, can you look? Egg McMahon? He's a WWE famous wrestler. He had the best way of handling fame. I don't know what Egg McMahon. It's, I don't think it's Egg, but whatever. WWE. Or the WWF, whatever. There, Mech Mech Man. Yeah. I could be mistaken, but I think this is the this is. I think it's him, but I might be mistaken. So, how he would handle his fame if somebody would come up to him, and and. <laughs> So we'd come up to him and say, I'll be your biggest fan or whatever. He'd be like, oh, okay, give me your phone number. And so he would get that fan's phone number. And then all types of the day would just start calling his fan. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when they're at work. I know he does that, I wouldn't be a fan anymore. <laughs> exactly. So he would call people like, like middle of their job at 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And he'd be like, yo, yo, what are you up to right now? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, I'm just at work. I got, oh, yeah, 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 cool, 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 cool. Tell me more about it. It's like, I got to hang up. I got work to do. Don't worry about work. <laughs> so he had this reputation of just like messing, up, messing around with people. That's annoying. <laughs> Genius, no? That's the best way of handling it. Best way of handling it. No? Maybe it works for him. I don't know. For me, if a person cannot handle it, let him not go there. Let him not go there. And you don't be successful and rich and then complain, oh, but I lost my privacy, my private life. I don't like going out and so on. Either you can do it or don't do it at all. <laughs> really, don't be, I, I don't like when, you know, some people are so rich, they're known, it's like, I can't go to this restaurant or, you know, in Paris. I walk in the Champs-Élysées and they recognize me and this and this. It's not meant for you, so don't work on it. But you see, like, celebrities, they some of them, they enjoy their bodyguards. They're on their social media. They enjoy this life. They're meant to live this life. They can, personally. They have the attributes of what it takes. 
I think it's all borrowed time, though. Even if you enjoy it, even if you love it, you're. I think it was before. Now it's social media because they're getting the exposure, right? Before it was boring because Hellas, what else? Whoever is staying here and so on, you didn't have the media for it. It was known, the word of mouth. They were talking about it. People are bored. Now they're doing different content about it. So there you have mm. the engagement and you have the tool you're giving to these celebrities or rich people to actually enjoy it. Sure, but what I'm saying is that they're living on borrowed time, not that that you know the next generation comes after 20 years and unless you can connect with them somehow, you're out. You're you're out. I mean even the most popular bands mm. in the world, um ACDC, uh Jimmy uh, Eric Clapton, all these folk are are now becoming more and more Normal. Yeah, because the Generation Z now is the most challenging one. Is it Z or Alpha? I thought they're called Generation yeah, Alpha. The Z now is like very complicated. Wait, you you're know? millennial or I'm what? I'm a millennial. Yeah. Okay. I'm a millennial. The Generation Z is one of the most complicated to actually reach it. Um, it's very different. It's like even I watched something like if they're going to the interview. When you used to go to the interview, or when I used to go to the interview, just answering the questions, job interview, and so on, just giving whatever information, just like an interview would ask. Now the Generation Z, if the company doesn't abide by their values, they wouldn't even join it. Mm. So the attitude, the behavior as a consumer, the behavior as their attention, and so on, it's much more different than any other generation we targeted as marketing. But the economy is also changing into a a stage economy. Well, stage isn't the right word. Where where you're 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 almost everyone's becoming self-employed. Uber drivers are self-employed. Delivery drivers are self-employed. Right? It, it's becoming a gig economy, where people don't really have a a connection with the firm. Amazon famously says uh, they're 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 if you're coming from the 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 entry level as manage uh, shipping after three years if you you're fired you're out mm. we, they don't want you to, to work there more than three years and they they claim that the data shows that after three years you become lazy mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so I, I i don't know what what that is either yeah but it is different now it is different and if for example going back to borrowed time that you said it's a very beautiful word it is borrowed time this is the first thing actually we tell the people that we address and they think i'm doing well they're growing with whoever they started targeting but targeting the younger generation is a failure for them so yes it is borrowed time for everyone even on a business level not only on a successful level in the media and bragging about it it is borrowed time for everyone the businesses that started 10 years, 20 years back, okay, no. they started targeting specific people. They had their learnings. They learned from their success and they started building on their success, right? Normal way, typical way. They reached the level they're successful. They're doing very well. This is our way. Whoever they targeted, they grew, right? On big buzz. The challenge is how to reach the younger. Honey, most of them are failing how to reach the new generations, how to actually reach the younger generation. It's not the same way at all. And it's a constant learning curve, even for marketeers. Yani before COVID, it was something. After COVID, it was something. It didn't change as much for millennials, for example. It's the same, but it's changing for the younger ones. So it is borrowed money for anyone. 
Borrowed time, you mean, for yes, everyone. Yes, borrowed, sorry, borrowed time for everyone. I, I agree with, with what you're saying. I, I just, I think things are adapting and moving at a much quicker pace than it has ever before. Yes. This is, we, we touched on this earlier, and I said that you really knock us with content on, on your end. I don't know, I mean, we, we talked a little bit off this camera, and if you're happy to talk, we can talk it now. The educational platform that you want to do, do you do you see it as more like being master class? Do you see it more as being from degree level? Like you get a diploma if you finish the course? It's a certificate level, yes. That's so why a diploma. You need, to you need to make it accredited. That's what we're working on as well. Because a certificate a certificate doesn't have any value like just you give a certificate, right? Mm. It has to have the accreditation that's backed up by news and so on. This is what we're working on. But the bigger question of that is why? Why do you need to do that? Because when you get a diploma or a master's degree or a bachelor degree, when my bachelor degree doesn't have any more value, mm -hmm. especially in marketing, it's totally obsolete. When I learned it was still marketing, it was still four P's. Mm -hmm. Now I was learning it's up to 43 P's. From mm -hmm. 20, it's up to 43. Whatever I've learned, you throw it in the trash. Mm -hmm. The only thing that a degree gives okay. you, especially in marketing, is the skills and know-how and the logic behind it. Okay. Because marketing is using the tools in your era, right? Whatever the tools we had when I graduated, they're outdated. Things change. Marketing changed. I mean, I, I don't agree with you on every... I mean, come on. This is... this. You're, you you you're being hyperbolical. No, you don't have to agree. No, but you're being hyperbolical. I mean, there, there are fundamental fundamental truths right i mean swot analysis pastel yes, this is what I'm saying. Uh, 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 you get you get the basic sure you, yeah i'm not saying you don't but work on the basic can you execute on the basics mm -hmm. you cannot execute i think you can what what's the tool marketing it's about the tool sure swot analysis for example you're uh, in the Porter's planning, five forces. Planning fundamentals. Par Porter's five forces. Sorry. You're still in the planning fundamental strategy. Sure. Yes, I'm talking the execution. How you take your fundamentals into the execution side? Mm -hmm. You need to be updated in what's happening around you in that era. But do you not see marketing changing from? I mean, it's it's hard to say. I, I, we can agree and disagree on this. I believe that marketing. Me and Dan disagree on this a lot as well your cost benefit or cost per follower per cost per 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 reaching a customer is lower on print than it is right now on social media because you cannot measure the same way yes and no i think that that it's 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 been shifted now in the in in in, in people's minds if you get a letter mm. it seems premium mm. right it's not just an email that you throw away that you don't open Right, and so there's there's a re there's uh, there's things are changing now. It used to be that if you just got mail, I remember the '90s and the early 2000s, you got all this junk mail and you just threw it out. Yeah. Now I don't receive almost any junk mail, and it's only bills. That's the only thing I get these days. It's just bills. So I think there is fundamental truth. If you're a very high level, high end brand, mm. to 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 cherry pick a few customers, a hundred, for example, especially if you're selling a high ticket item. And then you just send a little letter, handwritten maybe, that has a lot of value now. It always had value. And I remember even the year I graduated, where I worked there the first year, we sent, we even customized the um, 
the envelope um, wax, you know, and all of that just for status and it's more personalized. And we did it even from that time. Mm. This never changed because the status ways didn't change. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. fundamentals didn't change. The strategy even didn't change. But if you only know that, you will stick to your plan and it would be just papers on your office and you will never execute anything. That's why we ensure as if you want to keep being success successful in your career, you have to have in your agenda at least once a year, a big topic, either a certificate, whatever, whatever you enroll, you need to learn something new mm. that's happening in order to keep going. Because the execution of these fundamentals would depend on a tactic, either technology or something, a trend, whatever is happening. So as you benefit and you leverage on it. Okay. I, I, it is true that you need, to, you need to leverage your opportunities that is available to you. Yes. But market is dynamic and mm -hmm. things change, yes. right? Yes. We can agree to this, bro. I reckon that if me and you both took 1,000 BD and we wanted to increase sales for a client, for example, and you would do social media, be it by through TikTok or Facebook ads or whatever, and I would go and get print adverts done, just printed flyers, mm -hmm. and I'd go to Moda Mall or some of the richer areas, and I'd just put a flyer on their windscreen. Mm -hmm. I would imagine, and I could, I'm talking completely my ass, I would imagine I would get more sales volumes and more phone calls mm -hmm. than you would do through, through social media. I will tell you my opinion. Mm. I believe everyone who clicked on your ad digital and became a client definitely saw you six to seven times before elsewhere. Many times. You're using that old adage. Okay, yeah. Many times, many times, and I'm saying based on experience. Many times, the offline, for example, be it flyers, be it mega comms, or any offline tactic, you don't track it. A lot of people say, but digital go digital khalas, digital ads lesser budget or whatever go digital only you won't have it because whoever clicked or whoever made the decision be it on your flyer or on that digital ad saw the digital ad before saw the flyer saw the name and then he made the action it's not the first time that i see and the client makes the action because you need to understand as well there's a lot of people as well doing the same thing and I think that so it's not a question of offline or digital or flyer or personalized or direct or whatever an ad if I direct it to one person on LinkedIn is more effective than a very bigger campaign sure example sure uh, a flyer that I can reach or a gift pack I can send to a decision maker in a certain company can get me close a deal a full marketing funnel can fail it Absolutely. It depends on the scenario. But if you're talking generic, they complement each other. I would, I, would take a step, I would take a step further into this. And I would say that if I look at through my analytics itself, when I, when I run ads for the, the, the reels or whatever else, I can see that it's about anywhere between 1% to 3%. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's also because we don't use a hook. We're not trying to sell anything. We're just trying to make awareness. Mm -hmm. Right? I, I know that if I spend the exact same amount and I just buy flyers, I know for certainty, 100% of those flyers would have been seen. Maybe not gone onto our site, maybe not gone to a click, but I know for certainty mm. it's been seen. Mm. While on the other hand, on Insta, I can, I can look at the analytics and I know that less than 1% or about 5% opens it. But there's a lot of factors in that. First, if you specifically as a business did a flyer, mm. it's out of your image. You're even damaging your image. Interesting. Because the flyer would be outdated <coughs> as a tactic. 
flyers are very out you're a podcast you're digital and you go send out flyers absolutely it's very bad for your image people would see it and it's very bad supermarkets that they do flyers flyers are outdated when it comes to what you're positioning yourself the reason i I winked at you is because we're we're you're almost out there but here's you take it here's what i mean you make the flyer with a qr code right you brand that mystery aspect to it there's a reason when you go into europe and you go into where would you place the flyer I mean, if, I don't know. You I don't haven't. Know. I, I, if 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 you you're asking me serious, 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 you know I would say Moda probably. I would probably go to the local gyms. I would go to Moda Mall. I would go to the malls, not just Moda Mall, but Moda I would go to the malls. With what they would give the flyer? They would place it on the reception. Here, no, 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 no. I would put the. F- I would pay a car wash guy, mm-hmm. and I'd, here's five BD. Hato al doors. Let me finish. I would go to the gyms. Mm-hmm. And I would again do the same thing there because I have to choose audiences that have the longest amount of drive period. No amount of reach will get you this flyer as much as the damage of a flyer. Someone took it out of the window, did like mm-hmm. tear it or whatever and threw it on the floor. Let me, let me ask the two boys here. Danny, Akash, if you, put a, if you guys would have had a flyer in your car with just a blank like white sheet with a QR code, would you or would you not scan it? I wouldn't. <laughs> I would never scan it. I would think like it's a virus or something. I would never scan it. I, I would definitely scan it. If I, even if I see a QR code like on a wall, I would scan it. And I would never go with a brand on a flyer on a, on a, on a car. I would, a car I would use completely white space. Nothing else other than a QR code. Do it. <laughs> and then and I, I'll show you the Do analytics. It. I'll yeah. show you the analytics. Do it. I'll show you the analytics. Do it. You can come on, inshallah, in two weeks, uh, and we should have at least probably around a thousand printed. Yeah. And then I want to see, and I'll track the analytics on because I'll make it sure that it connects to to our our our, our uh, unsolved truth slash podcast, so I can see immediately the analytics of people scanning. I really think so. I really think so. Do you it, really I wouldn't scan a QR code? No, not only I wouldn't scan it. I wouldn't do this to the logo and the brand. Really? I think they're the the added mystery. I don't want the reach that I would get from a flyer. Okay. Because long term, the damage on the logo or whatever. Who cares? (gasps) (laughs) Who cares? No. It's a. Why are you worried about a market that is that has a million people? What do you mean? It's only 1.6 million people. I can show you my analytics. Most of our listeners aren't Bahraini. But do, do, you mean, do you know what I mean? Do it. There's a perspective. Marketing is subjective. For me, the brand is valuable. I cannot just do whatever works now, and I know long-term would damage the brand. Yes, but we're speaking to different animals. If you're saying to me, is the brand or value, is there, is there value behind the brand? I would say, yeah, sure, maybe, because I'm not sold on, on the sociological issue from it, right? But as marketing, I have to put it on the table for the client. For you, if you're telling me this, I have to tell you the damage behind it. If a paper on the floor and something, manna elegant, it's not a classy approach. Mm-hmm. You're admitting door to door, oh hey. Okay. Now it would get you the scanning. They would follow you. Mm-hmm. The brand, they follow you. Okay. You damage the brand, the head tactic, manna tactic. damage it. Then now if you, you get a blank piece yeah, of paper. Yeah, and two parts. And mm-hmm. two parts of any marketing that you do. And like short-term factor, long-term factor. When you talk long-term factor, you talk branding. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're the brand. Even the unsolved truth, for mm-hmm. 
انت وذ تايم يو كرييتنج ايميل هي برات بس عدد الفولوورز برات بس عدد الفيدباك عدد الانترست هي عندها قيمه اكبر اللي هي يو كان ليفرج عليها يعني حق البراند رايت براند اكويتي البراند اكويتي هيدي بتشوفها لونج تيرم وايز ان كان سلبا ولا ايجابا ما بتبين عليك هلا اوكي سلبا ولا ايجابا حتبين بعدين انت اف يو جو ثرو ذيس تاكتكس اللي هن ما بيزبطوا معك يعني شايف لو عندك كولد ستور It's a cold store, عادي fast moving and so on. And it's all about the experience. You, you, it's people. You have a lot of people involved. Your whole work is about people. So you cannot just go in a cliche way. We had flyers. والعالم ده to handle يتعاملوا مع بطريقة هيك وتنكب على الأرض وما بعرف شو it's not okay انت ما فيك بس تحط QR ما بدك تحط اللوجو بنص والله شيء بس واقع white It's not as an experiment. Let's say whoever will not scan it, ma hayafakin. But that's that's the that's because I think the hook in this is the mystery. Wish that. Do you get what I'm saying? That's what I think the hook is, right? And and we're talking. I mean, this is now different animals we're approaching into. The really the reason why I'm I'm not too يعني ناقص or 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 worried is because as long as this platform. Is on a server and services that I don't own. Mm. It it cannot have value. It cannot have value because it, it, I I will. Yani, you can get me the biggest Instagrammer guy mm. here, and if he doesn't own the service level, I would tell you get the fuck out of my face, right? Because if, if I can run an ad with you today, and then how do I know that tomorrow you're not canceled? Facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right and and. And Akash has this great joke. He says, "We're called the unsolved truth because eventually we'll get cancelled, and then we'll be the solved truth." <laughs> I think that's a great that's a great line. We solved it. We're done. We met all the people we need. <laughs> that's that's what they. Then you said you and Akash. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's. I think this is. We had this conversation a little earlier. I think there's there's. Um, I think. There's, there's value in that this market and this industry has to wake up and has to start owning the supply side, mm-hmm. and that's why the networking thing is so important. That's why I want to move. I want to do only shorts and reels for Instagram. I'll keep the audio on on the the normal RSS, like uh, Spotify and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. YouTube, I'll only put snippets on it. Ah, oh, you're not putting full. I'm not going to put full because I'm going to move it all to my own website. Okay, but hala anta anak episodes full. Yes, we're okay. for now we're doing it until the okay. website is finished, and then we. I mean, the website is already done, but the problem is we don't have the servers yet. Okay. To store the video and okay. make it accessible yeah, because yeah. I don't want to work and with AWS. And a lot of storage. Yeah, and that can you need like. I mean, that's a problem. We could hosting we storage. I'm not going to share it with the, the problem is the investment perspective, right? You can work with AWS, which will cost you a thousand dollars, or you mm-hmm. can own the, your own service and it'll cost you ten thousand dollars. The <laughs> the return. Exactly. يعني أنت حسب وين شايف هذا الشيء حيصير يعني عرفت to invest يعني أنت وين حتوصل حدلك بس بالبحرين أكيد لا. Then. So that my vision from a larger perspective is like I said earlier off camera is to be a network. Okay. And in a sense, I want to be I want to be Universal Studios. I want okay. to be Disney. I want to create content, and I want to c- create content regionally in this region mm-hmm. because there is Bollywood, there is a, a Toy Wood, there's all these other. And without having a niche, صح? يعني أنت بدك تضل anyone 
ولا بدك تفوت مثلا بنيش معينه يعني طبعا في اشغال نقدر نسوي كونتنت اون وفي اشغال ما نقدر نسوي كونتنت عليه لايك اي كانت هاف بوليس دراما هنا البحرين سبيشلي وذ كراب بوليس نو واي ليتس نوت جو اكستريم انت ما عندك بريفرنس يو دونت هاف لايك سبيسيفيك بريفرنس توبكس معين سو يو ونت اكسبلور variety تبقى بالفرايتي اللي انت هلا عم تعمل the next as of this is stage one for me stage two is is we're right now building up and purchasing more gear okay. getting a bigger space okay and then we'll get small time creators mm-hmm. here in Bahrain and Shishuf here the equipment mm-hmm. here's a budget go and shoot do the content do the content mm-hmm. do short stories do uh, noir mm-hmm. movies do يعني قصة صغيرة and then of course we're the also the publishers mm. right when 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 we we do a subscription model of of like netflix like amazon prime like all these other things mm-hmm. and the the creator gets qata صح and and so this gives the ability of us being able to produce localized content mm-hmm. to a local market highlights it internationally because this is what the uh, policy makers want and in 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 the beauty of, of of all this is is you're not in a position where you have to where you have to produce that content you're just in the position of selecting creators yeah yeah you're going to still be there or not i don't know we'll see معقول to fade out maybe i like being the man behind the curtain well yeah I do this because I get to meet people who are interesting. Yeah. I don't do it because I want to <laughs> make money. I don't care. It's, it's nice, يعني ما بعرف حس it's nice أنت تبقى يعني not to fade out. يضل مثلاً بس يكون very selective. يكون scarcity بال appearance تبعك مثلاً عرفت مش you get what I mean, right? Some or you meet like very important people, but or topic معين يعني. specific positioning sure but but you know everything has a flip side um, you know when you when you have very important people on at very high levels mm-hmm. you're also then becoming a target as well target for politically if I understand in your face but internally If I, for example, one family member interview and the other don't. Exactly. Exactly. And this happens not just in this region, it happens also in the West. So this this is the reason why you don't want to... <laughs> why do you think Joe Rogan has never interviewed a president? Not because he doesn't have the influence. He's been contacted mm. multiple times to interview presidents. <laughs> he doesn't want to get into that game. <coughs> Anything you'd like to add before we wrap it up? That's it. It's a pleasure no, being on your pleasure show. All mine. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks a lot for five hours, maybe. <laughs> five hours. How would people reach you? Uh, through the LinkedIn and through Willow and Tree Instagram. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn, I already gave you my personal LinkedIn, so mm-hmm. they can reach out anytime. We'll, we'll put our LinkedIn in the bio. If you're looking for any kind of marketing strategy in the GCC, potentially even in the world, I think you would be a fantastic fit for any company who's looking to expand and grow. Thank you so much, Hamad. It's a pleasure and it's a very nice experience to be on your show.
Thank you very much, but you don't have to kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Well, nice.